My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is episode 102 today, and it's the WWE Network review. So we'll be looking at NXT update, we'll have our 205 catch-up, all the WWE collections, of course, the latest programmings on the network itself. But we start off with 205 Live episode 23, May 2nd, Dan. We opened immediately to the aftermath from the show closing angle on SmackDown where Chris Jericho was being helped to the back after crashing into a post with a chair wrapped round his throat thanks to Kevin Owens. Yeah, uh, which we talked about on the last podcast that we did and footage from Payback was then shown where Neville retained the Cruiserweight title after grabbing a referee, Justin Air- Austin Aries seemed within reach of victory. Now, Dan, you went for Austin Aries in, this, uh, in that match, didn't you? And uh, you got the point from that what was interesting though the rumour has it rumour has it that um, the match was scheduled to be a Neville just a clean victory but then you changed it to prolong the feud with Austin Aries grabbing the referee there so uh, Austin Aries won after that though after that TJ Perkins came out and helped Neville in a beatdown after that match Perkins opened the show he was again referred to as just TJP yeah so maybe they're not Calling him Perkins, it would just be known as TJP. And TJP went up against... Linsterado! So, yes, our first match of 205 Live is TJP versus Dorado. And these two men at the moment just feeling each other out. Dorado, of course, with the kicks, one of our favourite guys on 205 Live. Oh, that was uh, a little impressive move. Both men had uh, gone down to the mat and simultaneously nipping up together. And, yeah, you know, it's been a very... High adrenaline, fast-paced kick-off to the match. Oh, it has indeed. Dorado there managed to jump over Perkins, duck under, sending Perkins to the outside. Might go flying, but TJP is going to take his time. A bit like Neville, you would say. Indeed, yes. You know, he's well, he's under the tutelage of Neville now, so he might change his game up a little bit. You know, you might see a little heelish side of him and the heelish tactics that they always do. Yeah, exactly. And Perkins there getting caught with the acai moonsault by Dorado, taking him down. Can Dorado throw him back in and uh, get the pin? I mean, we haven't seen Dorado. Dorado hasn't been on 205 Live in forever, has he? So at least it feels like a kind of a fresh bout. I don't think we have seen Perkins versus uh, Dorado before. Of course, both men from the CWC tournament. But now I think 205 Live has grown so much that we don't really have to reference CWC now because they are superstars in their own right, you would say, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's. I think they've taken it from the CWC and it is it is a great show, 205 yeah. Live. And Dorado in the corner now with the punches on Perkins trying to, uh, trying to hurt him. And Perkins, oh, hangs him up on the top turnbuckle and Dorado's in a little bit of trouble now. Yeah, it changes momentum. Dorado's down in OP's... Again, using the heelish tactics of just pushing his foot into his face in yeah. the corner. Well, now it looks like he's trying to get his mask off or use the mask as an advantage. 
And like I say, it can only help TJP if he won the CWC tournament as a good guy without any uh, shortcuts. Imagine what he can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine what he can do if he learned the, the heelish side of him. Indeed, yes. And, you know, especially having the king of the cruiseways, Neville, in his corner as well. It's only going to enhance him a lot more. You think his style can work? Like, we see quite a few high fly moves from Perkins as well. We just uh, slammed Dorado down and then hit him over the top with a uh, helo. And now TJ Perkins has got Dorado in the dreaded side headlock. Dorado trying to fight out the crowd. Trying him. Well, people are left. Oh, and a high back body drop there. He must have gone at least 30 feet in the air. Oh, Dorado touched the lights indeed. And TJP just his foot on Dorado. Oh, and twisting him around like he's putting out a cigarette. And now can he put him down? No, only a one count. One. Dorado fell in the back of his head. We know how tough Lynch say is. I mean, of course, we're, we're fans of him as well. Heck, we even got a catchphrase for him, you know. We, got we do indeed, yes. You know, he's he's a wrestler that's stolen our heart. We wasn't quite sure how Rey Mysterio would have been replaced as a masked wrestler, but they've got a few, and I think Dorado is up there with the better ones. Well, you talk about masked wrestlers. TJP's making sure... Dorado's not as he's there ripping the mask off Dorado's face. Of course, a huge sign of disrespect. Perkins going back up there, trying to bring Dorado down. Didn't say fights off like, oh, oh a moonsault, and he nearly lands feet first on Perkins' back, but again, taking out his opponent. Well, it's just such strange offense, isn't it, from Lindsay? You don't know where he's going to hit you. And like I say, Perkins definitely felt the move if you see the replay. Boom. <laughs> he did actually land yeah. feet first on Perkins' back. It was a moonsault foot stomp. <laughs> it is. And oh. again, another springboard moonsault there, taking TJP out. But Perkins back to his feet. Oh, oh a tilt-a-well backbreaker there, putting TJP down. And Dorado means business. Yes, he does. And I'm impressed by Lindsay taking TJ Perkins to the limit. Perkins blocks that move for a second. Oh. He gets a kick to the face for his travels. Dorado up top again with a big crossbody. Could this be it? It might be. Oh, TJP managing to kick out. Uh, Dorado now looking a little bit frustrated, but we know how tough TJP is as well. Dorado gets a rich rear, though. You've, you've got to say you go straight up those uh, rankings in 205, knocking on the door of the Cruiserweight champion. Maybe that's why Neville has got TJP involved because he thinks he's one of the viable challengers. Rather have him on his side than against him, you know? That is it indeed. And TJP reversing the Irish whip there. Oh. Oh, wow. That was a lovely exchange. He had a handspring elbow there and going into a springboard. But Perkins had it well scouted and hits him with a big elbow to the face. I know he's trademark kicks, but <laughs> bounces off the ropes to try and follow it up. And Dorado lifts oh. up his foot straight to Perkins' face. Goes for the cover, but only a two. Two. And like I say, Perkins strikes are one of the most underrated things about him. As he tries to put Dorado his way, we see that now with the replays. But Lindsay, like I say, tough little fucker as well. Imagine it, super kick, and now he's on his way to the top rope. Oh, Perkins up to meet him though. Again, you know, we've seen quite a lot of top rope action in just this one match. Yeah, and, and this is the kind of action we want to see on Tour Five as Lindsay fights off Perkins. Oh, rolls him up. Oh, he went for the sunset flip, but Perkins managed to escape that by grabbing the mask. Oh, come oh, on. I know he's got the TJP leg bar locked in there, and a lot of men have tapped out from this already. Yeah, TJP clutch. Is it the clutch? I think so, yeah. But they, they've been referring referring to it as a leg bar. And now even after Dorado's tapped out, TJP still has it locked in. I think he just wants to put out every single opponent that he can. Oh, he wants to hurt him, doesn't he? Exactly. The victory is not good enough. You see him flipping up there. He took some punishment, as we see with his chest. 
But uh, not a bad victory for Perkins. What do you think of the match, Dan? No, it was quite a good match, to be fair. You know, it was exactly what you'd expect from a couple of 205 Live competitors. As we move on, yeah, Corey Graves threw it to an interview he conducted earlier in the day with the Brian Kendrick and asked why things were so heated between Kendrick and Akira Tozawa. Kendrick said he felt insulted. He wanted Tozawa to be his protege, but got rejected by him. He wanted to teach him anyway, but he's playing around instead, doing his chant. Ah! 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 At that moment, Tozawa jumped Kendrick and sat down. He said, this is lesson number five. Always leave an interview with an impact. Wrestling. Uh, so Drew Gulak came out for the next match with a microphone. He didn't have, what, a next match with a microphone? No, I'm reading that wrong. He came out with a microphone for his next match. If he'd have lost to that. Anyway, saying that he was declaring Fresno a no-fly zone. So the next match was Drew Gulak, and he defeated Mustafa Ali. Uh, yeah, Gulak avoided Ali whenever he tried to go to the top rope for a move. They had a solid match overall, but nothing worth noting. Ali went up for a frog splash, but Gulak got the knees up, rolled him up for the win. Yeah, and Gulak was interviewed after the match saying, high-flying doesn't work. He said that fans lead these superstars to do their demise. Ali crashed and burned tonight, and it was because of them. He claimed to be the future of 205 Live because because what he does works. And we're, a fan of, we're fans of Gulak, aren't we? Uh, you know? Yeah, you know, Drew Gulak and Tony Nese, they're bigger guys. You know, they're in the 205 Live category, which is, yeah, you know, it's, it works for them. Yeah, a nice technical center of Dean Malenko. It's good to see him. I don't know if he's going to be the face of 205, but it makes a good heel, especially going against the high-flying wrestlers that, of course, fans and children alike love. Uh, so we move on, and our main event, Dan, is... Noam Dar <laughs> versus Rich Swan. Yeah, and after a few minutes of back and forth action, Dar got the heat after laying out Swan with a clothesline. Dar focused on one of Swan's arms. Let's die. See now, look at that. I said Dar's working on the arm and the early going. Knows exactly what to do. The Scottish supernova, of course. Apart from a slight injury, he's an ever present on Two Five Live. Of course, feuding with uh, Rich Swan because of. Alicia Fox! Rich one said he was the one that sends their presents all the time, and he did it because of his friend, Cedric Alexander, got dumped by Fox for... Oh, I mean, are we seeing an end of it down here? Do you hope so? You know, I hope both men can move on from this view, but again, it's still quite early days on the 205 Live, so, you know, it's you're going to see a, a few rivalries developing and going as long as they can to try and keep wrestlers busy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I say, as long as Dar is busy on 205, that's a good thing. As long as he's not forgettable. Yeah, we've seen it a couple of recent couple of weeks of me. Tazara and Kendrick is coming towards the end, but maybe they'll keep teaching lessons until the end of time. We just we just don't know. How many more lessons can there be? <laughs> exactly. We just don't know. But his main event here, Rich Swan, former Cruiserweight champion, is good to see him as action, as Dar's got the dreaded uh, sleeper hold in. So now, look at Dar. Look at this. He's going to finish it. He's going for his fantastic Scooter kick. As he calls it, he's going to go for it. Oh! Swan had it well scouted and manages to block it. And now what can Swan do from that? Oh! Comes running in with a couple of big clotheslines there. Taking Dar out. Oh, a lovely spinning heel kick to the midsection. Nice flip, but you know why Rich Swan's got wings on his tights for Dan? Because he can fly. He can indeed. And look at this now. Backing Dar up in the corner. This referee might call it, but this is not. This is 205. Star sends Swan to the outside. I think Dar will be all right now. 
Oh! <laughs> Takes out Swan's legs and he didn't manage to fly there. No. He needs a bit more Red Bull. <laughs> well, Swan to the outside. Duh, might take advantage, but the way he wrestles, he might just try and catch his breath back. No, the way he wrestles, I think he'll go straight back out. <laughs> well, you know, we know Dar's not one for taking big risks and he's not going to go for the suicide dive. He's going to go and take Swan. Oh, he's cleaning off the announce table, is he? Oh, goes to bounce Swan's head off, but Swan reverses and bounces Dar's head off the announce table. Oh, well, that knocked some sense into Nam Dar about Alicia Fox. On the outside now, Swan. Both men exchanging big right hands. Who's going to win this slugfest, Dan? And the referee's up to ten. No, he's not. He's up to seven. Oh, no, there's no ten chance. Well, there's hardly any seats there. You see the red seats in the background as well, the empty seats. As Rich Swan gets his arm worked on again by Nam Dar. I say Dar, focus on that throughout the whole match. Oh. Oh, but Swan manages to throw Dar to the outside, and this is a man who's not afraid to go flying. Oh. Flips over the top rope and takes out Dar. And beautifully lands on his feet as well, showing that athletic ability. Oh, and Dar to the outside. And Rich Swan, even though he's been damaged, doesn't want to count that victory. He wants to win it like a man. He wants to hurt Noam Dar. Front suplex on the barricade there by Rich Swan. What's he going to do? Jumps up top. Oh! oh! Wow! A big leg drop there to the back of Dar's head, taking the Scottish supernova down to the mat. No, and that's... again, that is very thin mats out there. I think it could be Dar and out as Rich Swan throws him in. Might be an easy pin. But I don't think Rich Swan wants it that way. He's going to go flying. Oh, no. Is it Phoenix splash time? Phoenix, this victory is going to be a good one. Oh, oh! And he hits the money. Beautifully. But he hurts his arm. Going for the pin. He's going to get it. Oh! Well, because of that arm injury, it took too long and he couldn't get all of that cover. So Dar manages to kick out. Ah, but not just that. Shows the toughness and the heart. How many people kicked out of that? No one. No, I'm Dar's one of the, is the first man to do that. That's because of the way he worked on the arm throughout the early going in the match. Lovely though. Swan just flying there in super slow motion. It does look like a beautiful move. It is a, be- <laughs> it is a beautiful move, but Dar... Managing to kick out. Oh. And now he goes on the apron, showing to the young man. He goes on the apron to get some separation for Swan. Oh, again, grabs her arm and turning it to an <laughs> angle that shouldn't be allowed. And look at Swan's visuals are great as well. He really is in pain. What can he do? Dar getting back in now. Oh, oh but walks into a big <laughs> kick. I mean, his arms might not be working, but Swan's feet certainly are. <laughs> I think Dar got the point. And Rich Swan, oh, look at Dar, trying to go for the pin him. Oh, but Swan there with a cheeky roll-up, but only gets a two. Two, and it was Dar trying to get it, and Swan read it. Oh! Catches the arm and gets that arm bar. Oh, springboard off the second. Like I say, Dar saw it coming, middle of the ring now. We know how much punishment the arm's taking, Rich. Turning him round. Oh, oh. Bending that arm into impossible angles again. We're getting there though, is he? But has that arm taken enough punishment already? Oh, Rich Swan managing to get to that bottom rope there. Dar can't believe it. And like I say, I think the punishment is done. And now I'm Dar. He's going to finish this now. Hand on the bottom rope. Oh. oh, goes for a big stomp on Swan's arm, but Swan managing to move out of the way and deliver a super kick there. <laughs> Dar went flying back into the turnbuckle as well. And Rich Swan, not a second Phoenix Flash, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like he's going up for another one. 
Oh, <laughs> Dada, legs out of swan as he was climbing up to the top and he's hung up in a tree of woe. Whoa, Dada, <laughs> swan up, hurting him as well. This is one of the best, this is the best Noam Dahl's looked in a while. He is looking very dangerous. He is scouting the opponent well and kicking Swan's head off there. Referee checking on him. Oh, knockout kick by Dahl. One, two, two three. three. And that is it. I think Dahl's first recorded victory in 205 Live. No, it's you say that every time he wins now. He's on a little what, bit all of a three of them. He's, he's on a little bit of a roll now, to be fair. Beating uh, Rich Swan. It's an impressive victory. Former Cruiserweight champion going down. What did you think of the match, Dan? It was a bloody good match. You know, he's certainly, trying to, certainly seeing the aggressive side of Noam Dar targeting at arm throughout the whole match and barely giving Swan a chance to breathe. Yeah, uh, but Noam Dar does get the victory. And after the match, Dan? After the match, Alicia Fox come out. <laughs> And she was all smiles as she seemed to be interested in rekindling her and Dar's relationship. Dar was hesitant, but he eventually accepted and they reunited. Dar leaping into Fox's arms as the show went off the air. You you heard that right, everybody. Dar leaping into Fox. What a beautiful friendship. What a beautiful relationship. Do you reckon he foxed the shit out of her when they got back? I reckon she foxed him. I've got to be fair. I've got to be fair to uh, Alicia Fox. I think she does wear the trousers in that relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Fair play. Fair play to Amdar being back with Alicia Fox. Not a bad episode. Dan, what are your final thoughts? Uh, Well, it was a weird show in that there was exactly zero follow-up to the fallout from Payback. But this was fine in advancing the other programmes that have been going on for what seems like forever on the show. Nothing was bad, but nothing felt fresh apart from seeing Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what 205's been, isn't it? So we will continue with our next episode, which is 205 Live, episode 24th, May 9th. May 9th. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Oh, oh, yes. That was the one we were at live. So on the last podcast, we talked about our SmackDown experience. We had SmackDown, and then straight afterwards... We had 205 Live. Now, we had the opening titles and we had Pyro as well, which I that's all I asked for, guys. You know what I mean? A bit how, of Pyro. How can SmackDown have two lots of Pyros to start the show and Raw has none? Come on, Raw. You're the biggest show, man. Uh, yeah, so 205 started. And a couple of questions going into it. Well, one question for me. Would I see Jack Gallagher, Austin Aries, or indeed TJP, after my Monday night kind of walk out would I see them on 205 or would they indeed be with the Raw crew which could quite possibly be happening go on break a couple of people's hearts quickly well there was a bit of a mystery with the purple ring ropes yes go on and we was wondering how quickly they could be changed but they didn't change the ring ropes at all they just covered them with purple tape and now we've seen it we can't unsee yeah. it and, and, and when Dan says purple tape you what happens Smackdown finishes the lights go out, or lights that can go out. You see eight people running into the ring with handfuls of purple tape. It yeah. is, it's literally like... Purple gaffer tape. Yeah, and trying to strap it round as, as much as they can. And uh, uh, they're, they're taking us back to what you missed on the Raw Cruiserweight show. And yeah, you know, it's Jack Gallagher versus TJP. Yeah, uh, and like I say, we can see the ropes. Well, like I say, taped all around and done really unprofessionally and stuff like this. And I just thought, 
Like, why don't you just change the ropes? I mean, how long can that take compared to taping it? And like you say, the purple ropes here, they did the same thing on um, on Raw, didn't they, you know? Yeah, you know, and then after the match, they quickly ran out and ripped all the tape off back to the red ropes. <laughs> so last night then on the Raw that I didn't see, TJP got the victory over Jack Gallagher then? Yeah, uh, he got a cheeky roll-up, grabbing the tights, got him in the TJP clutch. But to come out and aid him, Austin Aries. Oh, well, okay. Neville was on commentary, by the way. So Neville was on commentary, and Aries came out and put beating down mm. on TJP. He did indeed, yes. But, you know, TJP made his way out of there quickly. <clears throat> and then Neville came down to assist TJP, and Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries was back up in the ring. Mm. In titles for R205 Live, it's very rare we get to say that we actually saw a network program. Of course, we are seeing NXT soon. But anyway, 205 Live... And again, you know, the 205 Live that we saw, I think that was a better show than Raw. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll talk about our 205 afterwards, of course. 205 Live is London. Yes, we had Tom or Todd Phillips on commentary and Corey Graves, of course. Bradshaw made a quick exit before the start of 205. So, who would start the show then, Dan? I mean, we were there live. Like you said, you had been digging me for the past 24 hours. That, of course, I hadn't seen some of the 205 Live superstars. That I have seen. That you have seen, of course. I mean, it'd be interesting. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> but I think the Union Jacks in the ring that we'd seen <laughs> them setting up probably kind of gave that away a little well, bit. Well, I did think Jack, but then again, I thought, well, shit, it's not like a Neville coronation type ceremony. No, it was indeed Gentleman Jack Gallagher. And he was with Gallagher. That's how I'm pronouncing his name. His name is Gentleman Jack Gallagher, and he's Gallagher. coming out here, William the Third, uh, and we're going to see him. I wonder what he's going to say to the crowd. So, anybody watching at home, of course, we are in that corner. Guy with a blue top would be Dan. Guy with beard and WNR t-shirt. A guy with a blue top and white beanie hat. It's when he gets a microphone and moves to our area where I get excited. Like I say, someone did send a pitch. That we were in the crowd behind Jack Gallagher right here. So everybody get their pause button ready. Hey! In the crowd. That was your favourite bit, wasn't it, with Jack Gallagher at the mic? <laughs> what did he say, Dan? Theodore Jeeves Perkins. <laughs> so Jack Gallagher saying he's welcoming Austin Aries. That's you though. That's me. Look at Fat Boy <laughs> behind Jack Gallagher. Right, everybody at home. Look at the weirdo with the beard. Oh. WWE Network, uh, 205 Live, five minutes and 53 seconds in. Pause it, because you'll see a fat man with a camera. And that is me, your host, <laughs> right now. But that's not the picture that uh, I got sent in on Twitter either. So we must have a beer in his Yeah, we must have a... So Austin Aries coming out, another guy... I didn't see on Monday night, of course. Came out munching a nana. He did indeed. So that's two, Dan. So I'm only one person short. And he gives a young fan his banana. What a lovely gesture. <laughs> what? Six minutes, 27 <laughs> seconds in. Take another shot because James is on telly again. Oh, my word. I'm, I'm just right on there. I didn't even realise. So I start the Austin Aries chart, of course, and everybody joins in. Uh, Dan's 7-12. You see him back there. We're going to be on the network then. Yeah. Now, now and forever. forever. <laughs> I'll tell you excited about seeing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, when, gonna... when they start fighting, though, we're going to see us. 8.35, me and Dan are <laughs> just the happiest we've ever been. <laughs> so Jack Gallagher said, bloody hell, we never came out. And the people in front of us absolutely shit themselves as well, which made me laugh. And of course, I should say, oh, yeah. oh my that... word. I should say, Dan, before Neville talks, 
Uh, like all the videos from 205 Live or on our YouTube channel, the WWE Network View podcast. Don't forget, all up there. And the pictures are on Facebook, WWE Network View. WNR podcast in London. Yes, and that's what it is. Just find us there. And as Neville comes out, a guy I didn't see yesterday coming out again. So that's three for four. Still not seen Perkins, though, James? I've not seen Perkins, no. What does Neville mean by that? He's come out and said it's going to be your last appearance. I keep saying you in the crowd now. It's really off putting you are all the time. Oh, look! So TJP, the guy I didn't see on Raw, completes the set. Ding, ding. And now they're attacking Jack Gallagher. And this was a premeditated assault down, wasn't it? It was indeed, yes. Oh. So, yes, we've seen Neville come out saying that he's going to attack Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries and TJP attacked him from behind. Took out Austin Aries' previously injured leg from behind, yes. Previously on injured leg. And look right near us as well. Oh! oh. Throws him over the announce table, then dives over after him. Austin Aries is just laying bait into Neville. And he's got an injured leg, goddamn you. Oh, he's got it caught up in the chair. TJP in the ring with Jack and what's got in the mouth? Oh! Oh, he had a mouthful of beer. Oh. Spat in his face and while TJP was a bit disoriented, he just headbutted him in the chest. But Neville comes in to save his friend. One of the most dangerous moves in wrestling, the Jack Gallagher headbutt. And Aries coming in there. Oh, with a roaring elbow, takes uh, takes Neville out. And both the heels retreat with their tails between their legs. No, but brilliant there. As we see the crowd go, banana. And Oh, look who's behind Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries. Look. Oh, they got the pint stand. They got their beers back. Cheers. Down in one. Austin Aries <laughs> spills most of his down in. Jack doesn't spill a drop. What a great picture that would be of Jack Gallagher holding like a, a pint glass up in the air, Dan, wouldn't it? Have a... So what do you think of the opening segment on 205 Live, Dan? It was just as great watching it on telly as watching it live. <laughs> no, it, it was brilliant. You know, that's exactly what you want to see from a homegrown hero. Yeah, exactly. Perfect way to start. I see the four guys I didn't see last night, which really helped me as we move on. And our next match... On 205, well, our first match was Mustafa Ali versus Tony Nese. Now, I'm a big fan of Tony Nese, the premier athlete, of course. Looks like a heavyweight fight, it's like a cruiserweight. But we're going to be impressed by Mustafa Ali as well, haven't we? Yeah, well, you know, he, he went against Drew Gulak last week, which is uh, Tony Nese's former partner. And, yeah, you know, seeing him against the premier athlete, it's, it's brilliant, yeah. And we see us in the background as well. Uh, it's more interesting in this match when they go to the outside as well. So the match is really good. I mean, we're going to talk about it because we actually saw it live, so we're not actually going to re-watch it again. We're just going to see ourselves a couple of times. Uh, it wasn't a bad match, was it, Dan? No, it was It was a good uh, bit of build-up between the uh, impending feud between uh, Gulak and Ali. Yeah, as we saw Gulak watching on on the uh, the monitor backstage as well. And, of course, there no, no fly zone as it was. But Nice like, really been really impressive. And Ali managing to knock him off. And, like I say, really good match. Both men showing uh, great moves from each other. You know what I mean? Complimenting themselves on the moves, yeah. like I say, with uh, Nice, the power of the suplexes, and Ali managing to uh, finish him off with the high-flying moves. We are going to watch the... Look, I mean, look at that. Just then, Nice <laughs> just close lines Ali inside out. But we go towards the end of the match, which was probably... Uh, well, one of the best moments, like we say, of the two nights as well. You know, I mean, 205 really delivered in ring, didn't it, with the wrestling? Most definitely, yeah. You can see all the pictures on Facebook, of course. Beautiful cross body off the top. That picture would look great if someone took it as he was flying across the ring. 
check it on Facebook, guys. Mustafa Ali can't believe it there. I don't know about you, but I thought Ali and Nice match was better than the main event, Dan. I don't want to be controversial, but the main event was... Brian Kendrick versus... Ah! Ah! Akira Tozawa. Do you agree? Do you think, what, what match do you think was better? This match, yeah, yeah. It was, it was all action. It was, you know, yeah, just enough outside of the ring action and, you know, high-flying ability. It was, yeah, it was just exactly what you need in a 2-5 live match. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about a main event in a minute as we get to the end of this now. We see uh, Ali, that beautiful DDT there. Inverted 450. Beautiful finishing move. Oh. Lands right on the money. That would be brilliant to see if it was in the corner. But you were sitting there. It would be beautiful. It? And that's why he picked a corner, because he saw us and said, this is what I'm going to do for you guys. You guys. <laughs> you deserve it. Uh, what I didn't get with Ali coming out as well, yeah, CM Punk chance, because he was from Chicago, I suppose. Yeah. But I did the Ali, Ali, and then people picked up on that as well, didn't they? Which is always nice. I like Mustafa Ali. I liked the match. I'm happy with 205 Live. An event which was, like say, Tazawa, Brian Kendrick. Uh, Dan, what were, your, what were your thoughts on the main event? A match that has been building up for a long time, but it didn't quite deliver as much as the build-up to it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you'd think, you know, given a bit of time as well, uh, in the main event of 205, they would. I mean, it was an all right... Don't get me wrong, it was exciting to see yeah. both Akira Tozawa and Kendrick. You know, Tozawa liked him since, he's, since we saw him in the tournament, and, you know, he's constantly impressing us throughout. Yeah, I, I think what I really liked more during this match was the chance as well. Called- Ten. Well, we had the 10 chance. We had the ah, ah, ah chance. My favourite throughout the whole night, probably the whole weekend, the uh, whole weekend, the whole two days there as well, was that this is ah, ah, which is just a perfect chance. Well, at home in England, we are very innovative <laughs> with our chance. We are. So during the match, like I say, Tazawa kind of on top. Kendrick's been teaching him lessons for months. And Tazawa did manage to get the victory. So we'll just watch the end of it now. So Kendrick had the... Fisherman's hook in the middle of the ring to Zara, but Zara being the clever guy that he is, managed to get his hand in between it to really captain's stop. Hook. Yeah, stop the captain's hook, get pressure. Didn't this in. exactly the same thing happen We're live? Talking live about it, yeah. Oh, and he rolls him up. Oh, can't Ooh. get him done. Can't get him down. Boots to Zara's face, goes for a slice of bread. Oh, but Tazawa throws him over, catches him in a sunset flip with a roll up. There we go, gets a victory. But again, it doesn't seem like it's the end of these two. Yeah. It seems like there was just another lesson, just mindful of your surroundings and Kendrick straight <laughs> after the bell. Yeah, well, another lesson, always scout your opponent. When we were live watching it, it looked devastating the attack Kendrick gave to Tazawa, didn't it, on the stairs? Because you couldn't, really, yeah. couldn't really see what was going All on them as much. two fucking units in front of us <laughs> and fucking Jared's taller twin brother. <laughs> Kendrick throws Tazara into the announce table. But again, you know, this, the 205 did deliver better than Raw did. Yeah. So, you know, as well as getting to watch SmackDown, we got to see thrown in as well. And We've got two shows for the price of one, basically. And then we get to finish it off <laughs> with a beautiful dark match, which, you know... No, not New Day or anything like that. <laughs> it was New Day versus Rich Swan. <laughs> yeah. And Cedric Alexander, no. We're talking about Nakamura. Versus Dolph Ziggler, which really added like a to the end of the night. It was, yeah. But yeah, on the, at the moment, we should say on 205 as we're watching it, Tazawa was getting thrown face first into the stairs and Kendrick's not finished with him. Kendrick traps Tazawa between the steel steps. And Kendrick just kicking the stairs, kicking Tazawa. That's it now, stomping him. Uh, was it better than most episodes 205 you've watched? It was, yes. Not only because of the fact that 
when he was in that crowd. It yeah. was, you know, it was, it was good. Yeah. Kendrick came to the final lesson. Nobody messes with the Brian Kendrick. But this tour five was live, was good, but it will always be remembered, of course, May 9th, episode 24, the day the WNR showed up. And it was indeed Dan and James's uh, moment in time there. So we've gave you the time to go through five minutes, six minutes, eight minutes. You can always see us in the back. Call through a Monday Night Raw. That'll be on demand. That'll be on the network in a couple of weeks as well, four weeks. Uh, I haven't actually checked SmackDown out yet to see if we do show up. I'm sure we're there. there yeah, I'm sure. anybody sees us there, of course, send us a, tweet us a photo in and uh, we'll, we'll give you a shout out, of course. But that is 205 live for uh, May 9th. We move on to the next one. So, yeah, we move on to the next episode of 205 Live, which is the 17th of May, episode 25. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just laughing because Austin Aries just threw TJP's shirt at him after TJP threw Aries as he was getting into the ring and uh, TJP actually fell over. From the shirt shot. The, the shirt, uh, the shirt shot <laughs> took the man down. He did and, indeed. And now Aries is uh, resting as this match starts. Yeah, the main event is TJ Perkins versus Austin Aries. We were watching this right from the beginning, but we start off with the start of the show, Dan. Dasha Fuentes started the show off by interviewing Austin Aries. She asked him about TJP tonight, and Aries called him a lapdog for Neville. He said that the title shot TJP thinks he's going to get, not going to happen. But injured knee or not, he claimed TJP will never be on the A-double level. But I've got a counterpoint to make there, and it's which one of these two's won the Cruiserweight Championship? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, you know. Uh, TJP has done it. But you talk about the uh, A-double level, what about the Neville level as well? So he's got to prove that he can beat him, you know. Neville, Neville. Neville, Neville. And the first match was Noam Dar. Noam Dar! Yes, he defeated, well, your 311 boy, didn't he, the Grand Metallic? boy, yeah, Grand Metallic. Yeah, and aside from a botched Hurricane Runner, Metallic looked good early on offence. And Alicia Fox distracted Metallic, which allows Dar to blindside him for heat. And I'll tell you something, does get a reaction from the crowd, which can only be a good thing as well. Uh, Metallic came back with a big springboard elbow, and then Metallic went to walk around the middle rope when Dar cut him off with a kick to the leg. He then followed with a knee strike for the win. This was a good competitive match between the two. Yeah, and it's, it's well, I say it's very similar. It's the exact same match we saw in the Raw dark match before the main show as well, so we know these two can go. We're both fans, respectively, of either man as well, so yeah. uh, it's good to see them getting screen time. Up next, it was announced that next week, Brian Kendrick would face Akira Tozawa again, but this time in a street fight. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry, carry on. Yeah, Fuentes interviewed Kendrick, who went over the rules of a street fight and said, <laughs> anyway, and said a crafty mind like him for Tozawa. He wasn't planning on Tozawa being so stubborn. This final lesson, as opposed to last week's final lesson, might be the end of Tozawa's 205 Live Dreams. So are we finally going to get an end to the feud that is Tozawa Kendrick next week? Do you think there will be a definitive winner, Dan? That's well, not easy to say. <laughs> You know, it, it all started because Kendrick wanted to coach and guide Tozawa, and Tozawa didn't want anything to do with Kendrick, but this past two, three months has been taken up by Kendrick anyway, so he might as well just have gone along <laughs> with Kendrick, and, you know, he he could have gone through all this a lot easier. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually an excellent point. Um and then we see uh, a Rich Swan video, pal, sorry, no, we Cedric see... Cedric Alexander. <laughs> sorry, my bad. 
Yeah, up next we see a Cedric Alexander video package. He returns next week, so the injury wasn't as bad as we thought, unless he's been out a long time and it just doesn't seem that. But anyway, Dan. Uh, yeah, Mustafa Ali was coming out for a match against Tony Nice when Drew Gulak attacked him from behind, throwing him into the barricade. He threw Ali into the ring post hard, making a nasty sound. Yeah, we've known the problems that Gulak's had with uh, Mustafa Ali as well in the recent times. And Gulak threw Ali into the ring and told Nice to do his running knee in the corner. He obliged. And of course, these two were teaming up, weren't they, a couple of months ago? So Yeah, they got the chemistry. Uh, both posed in the ring. Gulak lifting up his no-fly zone as Ali was left in a complete... I quite, quite agree with the no-fly zone as it's recently come to light that Randy Orton has posed next to the no-fly zone with Drew Gulak. Or, yeah, with Gr- Drew Gulak. Yeah, with Drew... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm going to have to come on board with that now. So you, 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 you Drew Gulaking at the moment then. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Rich Fromm was interviewed by Fuentes and she said Dard claimed that Swan will get what he deserves for trying to break he and Alicia Fox up. Swan offered a rebuttal, but was suddenly interrupted by a guy with a package for a Richard T. Swan. Swan says, that's not him. You're looking for the guy over there. Yes, and uh, that guy over there happened to be Aria Davari, who was looking at himself in a mirror. Davari accepted the gift thinking it contained some fancy Persian glass and realised they weren't. But So he left them be as he exited. Yeah, and then the Jack Gallagher came in and looked at the gift, but Dvari came back and told him to get lost. He opened the package and soon enough, white powder flew right into his face. He wasn't too happy about that one. Well, I can imagine if he's <laughs> expecting them to be some fancy Persian glasses and it's uh, a load of cocaine flying <laughs> at his face. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, no one thought he could get one which from, but of course, it didn't work out. So like I say, we are back in the main event now. And uh, as we've been talking, Perkins kind of shown a little bit of Neville in this match, going to the outside, taking his time. Aries was on top until he went to the top rope and a Perkins pounced on him and he hit that leg and it's been worked on, I'd say, ever since that point. Uh, but we know how good Perkins is, Dad, don't we? You know? uh, yeah, you know, uh, only a genius would back him in the CWC tournament. <laughs> and to win that, he's not done too much since winning the title as a face. I think, you know, he might be establishing establishing himself a bit better as a hill. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think there is a slight, like... I don't know if it's cockiness or smugness to Perkins, you know, especially with the dabbing and stuff like that as well. But I, I think one of the things that are, is underrated about him is his, his technical ability, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but Aries getting some separation, just clapping the hands around the side of Perkins' head and he gets a bit of separation. Now he can finally use his elbow offence as he loves to do. So. Yeah, he does. You know, and he's been worked on the past five minutes, so it's good to see a bit of offence. And Aries, even though it's hurting himself, still managed to hit the moves. And can Aries get the victory tonight? That would propel him forward towards uh, Neville in a rematch for the Cruiserweight title. Talking about Perk, because he's been dumped to the outside. And what's Aries going to do? But again, without you being biased, I think there's a lot more talent. You know, there's more depth to the 205 lives than there is in the NXT. You know, because there's only three, maybe four competitors which could potentially rise through the ranks. Whereas 205 Live, it's... You know, an even playing field and everyone can go. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. And we see Aries and, oh, look at that suicide dive between the middle and bottom rope taking out Perkins. But again, Aries hurting himself with that one. Well, it's taken its toll on his knee. 
But maybe if you can get the advantage of this match and finish it now, it won't matter. Going up top now. Trying to get the crowd involved. And the fans responded to him. But Perkins again catches him on top there. And now he's in serious trouble. Superplex. I love that move. <laughs> Here he's again. Oh, hand slap to Perkins. And now he's off the top. Big drop kick off the top. But I think Perkins managed to dodge just a bit. And he goes for a chop block, taking Aries off his feet. Oh, Going yeah, for the TJP clutch. Beautifully scattered. And like I said, Dan, he's got him now. I don't think he's got it fully on, but Aries struggling to get to the rope. And as I say that... <laughs> oh, yeah, Aries trying to get out of it, but Perkins has got it fully in, but he's using the ring ropes to his advantage. Yeah, making sure Aries can't move. And will Austin tap out? Oh, the referee's noticed. Oh. That's good. Referee needs to tap out quickly now so referee doesn't see it. <laughs> well, it wouldn't count anyway. And you can see the influence on Neville on TJ Perkins, especially that move, wanting to hurt him rather than getting a victory. Now he's got him up. Maybe detonation kick time. Oh, but Aries holding on to the top rope, not letting him. Goes for the backslide. Oh! Rolls through and... Last chance, mate. Last chance, sorry. Locked in. Oh, my word! It wasn't in that long and Perkins tapped. I mean, Perkins was tapping out like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. But as that damage on his knee taking its toll. Well, if anybody's going to enjoy watching oh. it, it's Neville... And Neville, he obviously didn't enjoy watching it. He felt like he needed to join in. Comes in and just lays waste to Aries. But well, will Jack Gallagher come and help out his friend again? Well, I don't know. But the king of the cruiserweight here, he's assaulting Austin Aries at this point in time after this half-fought match. And it's almost, it looks like a perfect plan at the moment, doesn't it? Come on, Jackie boy. Oh! And Neville wrapping Aries' leg around the ring post there. And, well, it's not going to be good for Aries if... You don't get no help. Well, it's true. Uh, but at the moment, it is one-on-one situation, so you don't need a lot of help. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. He's tapping out now as uh, Neville's got the leg lock in. Jack Gallagher's come out to save his friend, Dan. He has with the aid of his uh, umbrella. Yeah, William the Third. But is it too little, too late? Doesn't matter. Jack's got his own business to finish. Oh, that brutal headbutt <laughs> to the chest. Again, another brilliant fucking move. Oh, fucking love that headbutt. Fair play, Jack. Sending Neville on his way. But the damage already been done. Well, I think this shows how much of a threat Neville thinks Austin Aries is. To have to go out of his way to not only get Perkins help, to beat him up like this as well. You well, know? the last time they had a match, Aries, uh, Neville had to use like dastardly tactics to get himself disqualified. You yeah. know, So Aries wouldn't beat him. So that is 205 then for this. It's like three 205s. I mean, it goes quicker when it's just three, isn't it? As opposed to four. Yeah. What have you thought of 205 live these past three weeks, Dan? I thought it's been, you know, get, got the privilege to see one of the episodes of 205 live, live, yeah. which, you know, it's it's not a thing you get to do that often. And you know, it was great to be part of the crowd and to be seen on telly while they were celebrating with their beers. So, you know, it's it was good, yeah. But, you know, again... Hopefully, the Akira Tozawa Kendrick storyline's coming to an end now because that is starting to get a bit played out. And to see what these two guys can move on to, hopefully, you know, Tozawa can get himself a well deserved title shot because he certainly deserves it. Yeah, exactly. You know, Tozawa's, I think, the next great uh, face on the show as well. But I, I like the fact, like I say, Gallagher has been featured so heavily. And of course, how can we not vote for 205 being the best this week when we actually have seen it? Live and uh, like you say, the the roster's good. Just need to keep going, don't they, with it? And um, and it works really well. So we're going to move on now to 
So, yes, of course, we are the WWE Network Review, so we're going to have a network roundup of all the latest content on the network itself. And we start off with collections, Dan. So we always have a couple of new collections added each month. And this month, the first one we're going to look at is uh, Batista Unleashed, which was, which was the 12th of June, 2014. It's just come out then. Yeah, well, this is the date we're going to watch it from. So, yeah, Batista. I mean, isn't it weird timing that they put the Batista collection in March as Guardians of Galaxies 2 coming out? I mean, it's just, uh, a, just a winky dink, isn't it, you know? So what did you think of Batista anyway as a wrestler, Dan? Um, he's not really a wrestler that you'd say had great matches. You know, like, you can name a few matches that John Cena's been involved in that was great, Randy Orton that was great, even Batista that's... Uh, even Brock Lesnar, you know, that's been mm-hmm, yeah. quite good. But Batista, you know, he's one of them ones that, I don't know, He's I don't think he's been the greatest of wrestlers. No, uh, and especially when he came back in 2014, uh, he didn't get the greatest reception either, you know, and uh, that kind of cut short his time. But during that time he did make his comeback, he went to NXT, and there he came face-to-face with a very special man. So three years ago, so NXT was just starting to be like this. So there's only two shirts in the crowd with Batista on them. Well done, <laughs> Batista. You found both of them. I didn't know Batista had visited NXT, to be fair. Uh, it's completely skipped my mind. So I thought it was quite interesting to go back, especially with a full sale arena. Someone like Batista to see what reception he gets. I-, I can't believe this was actually broadcast as this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Batista, you got a live mic, mate. Just go out there and just fuck around with the crowd. Uh, so Batista actually being genuine there, so he's not being paid to appear. Uh, <coughs> he's doing it because he loves it, and now he's getting interrupted. Dan, the biggest star in WWE, <laughs> uh, the biggest star in NXT at that point. Yeah, you better believe that. This is probably the highlight of his career. <laughs> yeah, believe. He clearly didn't believe he'd become anything in WWE <laughs> then. <laughs> Someone's going to get Batista bombed. I hope so. I'm not watching this for fucking 10 minutes. Not the fuck is someone going to get Batista bombed. Really? Bo Leave coming out and trying to pe- preach to someone who's a multi-time world champion. <laughs> yeah. Bo's got a point. I think the only he... reason they sent Bo out is to get Batista bombed. <laughs> yeah. Batista. That's brilliant. Oh, well, and that became the greatest tag team of all time. Batista and Bo Dallas. Oh, but Batista's not relinquishing Bo Dallas's hand and Bo struggling to pull away and he gets a spine buster. And now he ultimate worries it up. Fucking hell, Bo's selling that spine buster. <laughs> Didn't bother with a Batista, Bob. But anyway, yes, Batista in NXT with Bo Dallas. Dan, what did you think of that new edition? Um, well, basically watching a video for 10 minutes just to see a Batista bomb. <laughs> we didn't even get Batista <laughs> Bob. Uh, no, Spinebuster. <laughs> and all we got, watched the video for 10 minutes to get Batista Bob, and all we got was a fucking Spinebuster. <laughs> so that's the type of matches Batista has, uh, or that's the type of things on the Batista collection. Uh, other ones, we've got the Ric Flair styling profiling. Woo! Yes, another feature on Ric Flair, like we don't have enough of them. Uh, and other ones with Dan. Um, more than 120 episodes of primetime wrestling, including The Rockers, Warrior, Andre the Giant, and Mr. Perfect. So we move on now to uh, the latest network content, and we had the WWE 
24 series with Finn Balor. Right, so, Dan, as you know, I love the WWE 24 series. So, I sat down and, well, we both sat down and watched it. So, let's have a little talk. So, of course, with Finn Balor, he was in NXT for two years. And Finn finally made his main roster debut. And, of course, we saw footage of this. 2015, he main invented NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. The following year, he faced Seth Rollins for the Universal title. So, he was ready. So, we had little quotes to start off each of these little sections we had as well, Finn Balor talking. So, the first one, I knew I let so many people down. So, Dan, we go to SummerSlam, of course, 2016 now. Seth powerbombed Finn on the barricade. And Finn knew he was hurt, but what could he do? What, what could he do, Dan? Well... Could he wait for the doctors and bottle the biggest opportunity or pop his shoulder into place and carry on with the match? Well, we know what he did. He popped that shoulder back into place and carried on. But it wasn't a great match. And even when we watched it at the time, we weren't too hot about it. We knew yeah. he'd been injured. But at least, um, but all credit to him, like I say, he didn't feel jostled. And he couldn't even lift the top up in the air. His shoulder was so badly damaged, he couldn't do it. So this is the backstage look of what happened straight afterwards as well and the great thing with WWE could have got the cameras in you can actually see these moments straight away so you know Finn with a face paint uh, being told we're not sure how long it's going to be just winning the Universal title you just imagine that you know how much emotion he's got there as well you know indeed yeah <clears throat> but his parents were there to see and they didn't really know anything was wrong you know but Finn was a little bit upset Finn there with his shoulder covered in ice packs and he's been cellophaned up like a Christmas turkey yeah, so we saw his talking heads and there his real life friend, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Big Cass, Neville, Ganson, we saw Cesaro as well. Is this the new click, Dan? Is this the new guys that could take control of professional wrestling? Uh, I don't think so, no. Um, you know, they are friends and they probably train together in NXT and throughout, you know, WWE and that. And it's better to be friends or part of a big family than just, you know, a load of guys that come together because yeah. you can feel the chemistry between them when they have their matches and that. That's true. And, and that Owen's saying that Finn Balor's like the greatest guy he knows because when he had his surgery, he was there for him. Sami Zayn, when he had his surgery, Finn Balor was right by his side as well. Uh, but anyway, Kevin Owens is a big start to say. Sami Zayn will be big cast. Neville Cruiserweight champion, of course. But then, of course, August 22nd, 2016. And we saw a montage playing of his career as he gave his speech on Raw to relinquish that title belt. Right, so i got a theory, right? So the thing is, is that Finn Balor will only find success again if he's over on SmackDown. This is my reasons why. So he did win the title, but he got injured on Raw and still became a champion. And if you believe the rumours, he's only going to lose to Roman Reigns, isn't it? WrestleMania, you know? So if that's to be at Mania next year, then Reigns won't have a short reign. Pardon the pun. So, what of Balor? So, that would mean, what, like, nearly two years not holding the main championship. Would everyone be happy with an IC title run in the next two years, Dan? Would you? Um, I don't know, you know, it would be a way out for him. It's it's not done, Bradsh- uh, it's not done uh, Ambrose any harm, even though it's the US title on Raw. Yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, but IC title run, US title run, I mean... I wouldn't be happy if Finn Balor was like what Dean Ambrose is doing now. I think Finn Balor, I mean, especially the way we've seen him here, winning the title, the only man to win a world title in his debut match, and then with that injury, kind of missed opportunity. 
I think over on SmackDown, you could build them up to be a big star. You know, but then again, you know, if you say that the only reason we'll lose is to Reigns, who's going to be able to beat Reigns? Well, it's just what you think it might be fit. Will they turn? Will you see? Would you see a Finn Balor Hill turn? Do you know what I mean? You know, if what's the club on? Are they on Raw or SmackDown? Clubs on Raw, yeah. Clubs on Raw. So you know, he could uh, the Balor Club. And he could have Gallows, Gan- well, he could have Ganderson in his corner, and they could help assist him beating Reigns, because you know Reigns ain't going to go down easily, is he? No, that's true. Uh, but anyway, so we move on with the W twenty four, and another thing I found out as well: uh, rehab now with Finn Balor, and another coincidence. It's very similar to the Seth Rollins W twenty four program I watched as well, because he's a lifelong fan of wrestling with independent experience, and he's wanted to be the best as well, and it was exactly the same. With Seth Rollins. Um, and we saw Finn Balor watching TV or watching Raw in his uh, TV. In his, he was sitting on his bed, cross-legged, watching Raw. And I thought, yeah, he didn't show him watching a fucking advert. So he sat like that all three hours, did he? No, I don't think he fucking did. So anyway, so he's not been home for 12 years properly. And he went there for Christmas. And he made a surprise appearance for an indie group. Uh, Dan, what did they do in Ireland after they made a surprise for an indie group? Uh, lots of eating potatoes. That is extremely <laughs> racist, Dan, all right? Anyway, he had Power Slam magazines as well. The exactly same as me. I've got Power Slam magazines. You know what I mean? I'll, break I'll your for... shoulder then, so, you know, you could be just <laughs> like Finn. <laughs> I am breaking my shoulder. Uh, so, you didn't grow out of love for wrestling, Dan? Pardon? We didn't, he didn't grow out of love for wrestling. Neither did we. No, he didn't. Family's talked about. Uh, what's his family again? I can't remember. Uh, he has 12 brothers. <laughs> yeah. And 36 sisters or something like that. Oh, His right. mum and dad were rabbits. All right, if you're not, not going to be serious about it, all right. So we saw some uh, home videos as well. His mum and dad was talking about Lucky Charms <laughs> and the Leprechauns. Uh, and this is just an excuse to talk about his whole career. And we see the club. We see Matt Bloom as well, head of uh, NXT at the moment. Tenzai. Tenzai. Uh, Albert. Albert A-Train. And they talk about their time in Japan and Bullet Club are talked about as well. And WWE are desperate for this trademark, but credit to New Japan, they're still going with it. They've got, you know, they're still the group is still going with the young bucks and people like this. And you know, New Japan won't roll over a bit. Bro Hardy gimmick with Impact Wrestling as well, you know. Yeah. So then we're in the gym now. You see this little gym? It's quite funny. The little kid wearing a Seth Rollins top as well. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Get out of my fucking gym!" Prick. So Becky Lynch, Sheamus, and Finn Balor lead the way for the Irish. And Jordan Devlin, there's Becky Lynch right now. As I say it, there's Becky, young Becky Lynch. There's the young Finn Balor. Uh, and Jordan Devlin as well from the WUK tournament. You remember him, didn't you? Yeah, he was yeah, shown. Yeah. So, um, and we, we see Finn Balor and he gave a pep talk in the gym. He trained. And then, Dan, he goes to the pub. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's just for Balor, Dan. <laughs> Jager bombs, fucking hell. Uh, anyway. He's getting wankered. So, he's in an Irish pub. That's not stereotypical for an Irishman, is it? I love to go to the pub and have a few drinks. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. I'm playing a guitar. A couple of Irish ditties. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, the next one was, uh, it feels like my whole system is just waking up. And this is 19 weeks post-surgery and his first time in the ring as well and we see another montage I love my training montages of him getting back in wrestling shape you want some Rocky type music weirdly enough though uh, that very same um, place he was training February 14th it was Seth Rollins rehabbing 
with Finn Balor and what goes around comes around six months later. Uh, and Finn Balor actually says that and that's what they're laughing and joking about because, of course, Seth had that knee injury, came back from it and had the injury before WrestleMania, you know? And Finn doesn't blame Rollins. And it, like I say, Rollins felt worse than Finn Balor did about because Finn, he knows what happens in wrestling, you know? And um, when the doctors asked Finn and they said to him, uh, what do you feel? He says, what did he say, Dan? I was only going to be this good without going out in front of the crowd. So do you like to see this kind of thing backstage or do you think it should have stayed a love it. slight bit kayfabe? I, no, I don't care. I love this bit. I, I look at Woods. Look. <laughs> I mean, I love to see that. You know what I mean? Xavier Woods just coming, picking up balance. Like, I'm so glad you're back. Seth Rollins, saying, Seth Rollins saying the WrestleMania he missed was due to injury, but Finn Balor was actually medically cleared for this bait and they chose not to use him. I could really be a soul crusher, Dan. So after those interesting comments, we saw Finn's return to Raw the next night. And of course, he was teaming with Seth. Yes, and it's weird how history repeats itself because the man who caused the injury is then back and actually on the team of Finn Balor when he makes his return the night after WrestleMania. So final thoughts, I really like the WWE 24 series because it does so much for the superstar. Finn was treated like a star and we got all the history we needed. Like he said, to shoot an arrow, you have to pull it backwards. Bring on the next one. Well, as he said, you know, he's got maybe 10 more WrestleManias in him. If not, so, you know, we should see a lot more of Finn. But would Finn Balor have made WrestleMania... Any better. Well, Finn he Balor certainly v- wouldn't have made it any worse. Yeah, exactly. Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. That would have been a better match, yeah. <laughs> Up next, we have Table for Free, and it was Team Eck, and it was May the 1st. Dan, what did you think of it? I like Kurt Angle's T-shirt. <laughs> what did it say? It said, cannot, but it had the not crossed out, and it had impossible and a couple of other words. <laughs> yeah. <which I> <laughs> The M was crossed out so it was possible and yeah. you know, it was a good positive shirt. Yeah. But no, you know, it's uh it was a good episode. You know, it was they was memorising on like, you know, car journeys and uh I think Rhino was driving up with Angle and Edge and he had Albert in the car and Christian's like, Oh, I haven't got a lift and he said, Right, you know, I can't take you. And then uh, Christian then banned Rhino from ever getting a lift with him. And then Rhino was stuck one day. So, you know, uh, Christian said, well, you can come with me, but you've got to pay for everything. You've got to pay for fuel. You've got to pay for the hire car. You've got to pay for food. And then uh, Rhino was like, oh, no, so I can get a lift with uh, Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Yeah. You know. There was a lot of Rose stories on there as well. Like they were talking about used to be traveling together, you know, Team Wreck. Like, say, Rhino Team Wreck. And then Angle, Edge, uh, teaming, uh, travelling with Brock Lesnar as well. So, it, that's an interesting ma- yeah. mix-up, wasn't it? And they talked about the Edge and uh, Kangle feud. And Edge said that's kind of the match and the feud that helped him along in his career. The, the matches that he needed as well. Christian, you know what I say? We saw with Christian as well. And they talked about their kids. Angle's got five, hasn't he? And yeah. Now Christian's got it. And, of course, Edge's wife is... Beth Phoenix. Yeah. And they've got two kids together. So, they talked about how happy it makes them... And like I say, they're all, and interesting thing they did say when they were training, a number of bumps that they took. Like Angle said he took 300 bumps in a, in a month or whatever it was, and Edge and Chris were saying that. It's interesting they are, because where they trained and uh, where they, what happened to them as well, the amount of injuries that they did have, of course, Christian and Edge retiring now as well. 
And of course, we, well, we all know Kurt Angle's problems with injury, yeah. but I don't think it was as good as the um, AJ Styles, Kevin Nash table three we had last on the last episode. Yeah. But you know, these are the ones I kind of like. You know, like talking about old school stories and you know the way they used to roast each other and just have a laugh and. You know, they brought up some quite comedy moments and they were saying that Angle could get away with it because of, you know, who yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And incredible. That's 15 years ago now. Yeah, exactly. During that time as well. The actual dairy edge for the pictures, wasn't it? Showing up like you sucked. Get- yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, this is a picture of when you first won your title, but <laughs> Angle didn't realise there was words like you suck written on the back. And then he gave Angle the pictures. He held one up saying, yes, I do really suck, which, yeah. you know, it was comical the way they used to do things like that and that's what you say you can get away with it as well but yeah no it was good don't get me wrong uh but that is table for free and we move on another well so bradshaw we're talking about bradshaw because of course you know in one of our videos on youtube the uh in london we've got fire bradshaw chance he was he was doing a double he was co-presenting talking smack from london first which was the uh 9th of may and uh 18 it was only 18 minutes long this quick little program JBL sitting in for Shane, who's sitting in for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, we'll get on to Daniel Bryan in a bit. And Bradshaw is all smiles. And basically, it's a, a preview of Backlash and JBL showing off a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think they're trying to highlight him as a, you know, he's a laugh. He's not a bully. He's just a a normal fella. What kind of things has JBL said that he has done? Well, you know, he said that he wore a quilt. A quilt? Kil- <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he said that he wore a kilt. Uh, he's drank with the Queen, yeah. which, you know, I doubt yeah. that happened. But uh, he said he's a great golfer and he calls Breezango weirdos but talented. Yeah, because we go on to talk about, of course, the tag team title match coming up at Backlash. And we see a priest. And uh, they're quite good on the mic. When we were there live, we didn't mention the Usos, but they were doing that 12 days. But in 12 days. They, and I thought they were quite entertaining yeah. that night, weren't they? 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> and JBL says that the Usos are stars. And I'd say great promo tonight. JBL Renee, big up Charlotte and Naomi. You gotta see this live to yeah. see her entrance. And it's the entrance that we did indeed see live that night. <laughs> Indeedly doodly. <laughs> so yeah, they talk about Naomi's entrance and how great they are. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about talking smack and we do move on. Um, I think you find, James, that they mentioned Mojo and we had an interview. Now, well, I didn't really want to mention I just wanted to move on from the whole... Well, he brings the trophy everywhere. What? Everywhere. Well, I'll I tell you where he does. I bet he brings it to bed, doesn't he? And he, he has a little Andre giant facial, doesn't he? Mo, little Mo, well, that's what you he know, does. you know, it was the biggest triumph of his life at Mania. And he gets haters, James, believe it or not... <laughs> I know you'll find it's hard to believe, but he does get haters. But that's what shapes him. He's different. Uh, what a fucking idiot. Well, JBL calls him awesome. Fire them both! So, yeah, they talk about Nakamura versus Ziggler at Backlash. And what does JBL say, Dan? Uh, JBL says it will steal the show in Chicago and will be great for the hill. Well, then we see Ziggler backstage and he says, No relatives paved the way. And uh, it's a match that it, surely it can't disappoint. Don't though. call me Shirley. <laughs> but no, you know, it's we know what Nakamura can bring. And they had great chemistry dark match, which is not going to get aired anywhere. <laughs> Only for our eyes. But if you was lucky enough to be in the crowd, you would have seen Nakamura and uh, Ziggler in action. And yeah, you know, there was a good bit of back and forth between the two. Ziggler's, I think he's better as a heel. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I'll agree with you with that. Yeah, but... Um... 
No, that was Talk is Back. And I really enjoy Talk is Back. Like I say, for only like a less than a 20-minute programme, you do get a little bit of laughs as well. And they, You know what I mean? It's what, what you need sometimes. So anyway, move on to Bring It to the Table. So yes, it is. It is episode four of Bring It to the Table. And Corey Graves, JBL and Peter Rosenberg. We could do a better job anyway. It was May the 8th. And the controversy continues. We were, they were discussing AJ Styles. And basically what we were talking about on the last episode as well. About he's saying that Raw takes all the biggest Smackdown stars down. Uh, well, Graves, he doesn't take a side. And JBL sides with Smackdown. Strange that. The longest reigning Smackdown champ of all time. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, the other things they discuss. Uh, they said it worked, Dan. We say it didn't. No. Uh, the Superstar Shake-Up. Rosenberg didn't like it. What did you think of the Superstar Shake-Up, Dan? Uh, you know, it's again, it was mainly Raw taking the best of what they could. Yeah, look, they got the same marks as you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Superstar Shake-Up, it was basically Raw taking the better of the superstars that they could and, you know, trying to make Raw back on top again because, you know, SmackDown took over for a little while where they had the better wrestling and the better matches and Raw was just same old, same old. Yeah, no, and then they moved on and they, they yay or booed certain things. So, like, the welcoming committee for Charlotte on SmackDown. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was worth it. Was the tightest, the tightest brand mm. <laughs> managing Apollo Crews now. I think they dropped it because of our news story. we got onto that in a little bit. Uh, Alexa Bliss, they say she's bigger than any other woman, or JBL says she's bigger than any other horsewoman right now. Dan, do you agree? Um, currently, yeah, she's bigger than any other horsewoman. I wouldn't say she's bigger than any other woman in the WWE brand, but yeah, of the horsewomen, currently she's probably the biggest of them all. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> JBL says she's like Kurt Angle, the way she learns so quickly. I mean, to be compared to someone like that is, is pretty high honour. And uh, they, they're calling Roman Strowman match of the year. Do you agree? The match they had to pay back? Um, no. <laughs> I strongly, I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, uh, again, they discuss Nakamura and Backlash. And JBL compares Nakamura to Conor McGregor, that special once-in-a-lifetime star. You, you take your time with him, use him correctly. Next news story, Sheamus. The Attitude Era doesn't come close. So you look back at the Attitude Era and the level of entertainment, we put in the ring now, the Attitude Era doesn't even come close. I'm not afraid to say that either. Dan... What do you think of that? Um, as far as entertainment goes, the Attitude Era had it. As far as wrestling goes, nowadays, it's a lot, lot better. I thought, yeah. Because, you know, on an overall playing field, if you took every Attitude wrestler and every nowadays wrestler, you know, it is more of a... The wrestling's of a higher standard and the entertainment's... A, a bit lower. I, I I think for me, I think it depends what year you go. Because I think if you go, what actually if you actually if just as a general, a general, but like the two thousand two thousand and one roster with all the WWE guys, all the top stars as well. I think the Attitude Era for me is still because it's the best thing. People still talk about the Attitude Era as in like, oh, we wish it was the Attitude Era. So we want all this stuff. That's why Steve Austin and The Rock and people like that are still. Yeah, but Steve Austin, again, you know, he himself admits he wasn't the greatest of wrestlers, but it wasn't just about what he'd done in the ring, it was what he'd done outside of the ring, you know, his anti-authority figure, you know, the the things he used to do, he used to just go nuts. Yeah, uh, uh, that, yeah, uh, I, but 
what I do say about this one, this this current gen, the in-ring talent is good. I think if you've got another couple of major stars coming through to replace, well, not replace, but other than, you know, John Cena around Yulton, then what you can do is be as big as the attitude. Because they actually never made more money at any point in time. Than, I don't care what anybody says now. It made more money back then than it is ever. So you need someone to make that. And I think maybe someone like Lakamura could transcend it. If you think about the Japanese business as well. Yeah. People ev- worldwide, you know. But we'll see. Anyway, so we move on. And uh, up next we talk about, well, we've got a little clip from uh, Bring It to the Table as well. <laughs> what do you think of that? Lighting our way to the future. If Arnold Schwarzenegger can be a senator, if Donald Trump, who a man has been stunned, can be president, then why can't Kane yeah, but did, be ma- Imagine your position is outside, Glenn Jacobs, but we've got a clip here of you setting JR on fire. <laughs> Someone who's going to be mayor of Knox County maybe couldn't do it. Uh, but Bradshaw says, no, good on him. He's a good guy. And uh, if Kane just wants to, you know, make America great again, as they say. Uh, but I thought that was quite funny. And then some old news stories. Vince calling Cena the Babe Ruth of WWE. Dan, do you agree now that John Cena is indeed? <sighs> because Hulk Hogan, that man said about four or five years ago, Hulk Hogan is the Babe Ruth. Of WWE, now he's saying John Cena is. I mean, who do you think is the Babe Ruth of WWE? I'd still go with Hulk Hogan because without Hogan, you wouldn't have been able to pave the way for the likes of Cena. I think Hogan is the standard bearer. I think he should be known as, like, say, the Babe Ruth. Cena be the Hulk Hogan of the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Not that he's racist and that he cheats on his wife. No, but so on and so forth. Probably does, but then again. Then again, they they always say it's for every WWE superstar. They said it with Steve Austin, said it with Hogan, said it with Mojo, Rock the Rock as well. As I, I said it to Bobby Roode, like he is the greatest <laughs> superstar of all time. You know. So anyway, Dan, we move on to news. You can kick off the news this week with arrivals. NXT Women's Division is about to get a whole lot more practical. Carrie Hojo is leaving Stardom and headed to WWE on a three-year contract. If you don't follow modern-day Japanese women's wrestling, you may remember Miss Hojo from a one-episode stint in Lucha Underground opposite Pentagon Jr. as one-third of the Black Lotus tribe. She was billed as Doku, alongside fellow stardom wrestlers Lo Shiari and Mayu Iwatsane. Well, Stardom are understandably upset to see her go, seeing as she had told them at one point she had planned to stay and now they have to move rather quickly to get the Wanda of Stardom title offer, and indeed just had her drop the Goddess of Stardom Championship she held with Yoko Bito just days ago. And seeing as she is currently set to leave Stardom, in wait, Dan, there's more. Ayo Shiari, the 27-year-old Japanese female wrestler who took the sport by storm over that side of the world, has accepted to join the WWE, Dan. Yes, Shiari considered the MVP of World Wonder Ring Stardom, attended a tryout at the WWE Performance Centre this past March. Although her tryout was different from the rest of the crew, as she did not participate in the regular workouts, 
WWE brought she over to check out the place and to see the local area in hopes of wooing her to eventually joining the company. Woo! The move apparently worked and she will be joining Kari Hojo, one of the company's champions for a new life in the United States and in the WWE. Hojo already announced the departure and expected to report to Orlando imminently. That's what we talk about. There is no date of when Shari is joining. The women's revolution has changed the way wrestling fans look at women. No matter how you think about it, the women have gone from little more than eye candy to main eventing pay-per-views and becoming major featured attraction. Now, though, WWE is taking things in a somewhat different direction. WWE has signed independent wrestler Kennedy Brink as a referee. Brink has wrestled around the country for promotions such as MCW, Shimmer and Ring of Honor. The company has had a full-time female referee before as Rita Chatterton used to work for the company in the 1980s. Since then, women have only served as referees on occasion, such as Jackling on and off over the years. Dan, what's your opinion? As long as the focus isn't on the fact that the referee is a woman, I have no issues with this. If she's capable of doing a job, which I have no reason to believe she isn't, there's nothing wrong with having her in the role. It would be cool to have and could continue advancing things for the WWE on the whole. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really good news. And still talking about the women in WWE as well. The WWE is to, hold, WWE is to hold first set of tapings for the 32 Women Tournament in July, Dan. That should be interesting, you know, if the past tournaments we've seen or anything to go by it yeah be good. well they the the first set of tapings are going to be on july 13th and 14th and uh, it will be the third tournament on the wwe network following the course of the cruiserweight classic and united kingdom championship tournament and both tournaments were hit with fans across the globe you know we're gonna have to do a little uh betting pool thing on that again you know put a yeah, point out for stake and i'm probably gonna win it again because you know what my history is like with well, <laughs> well in tournaments really good but you're gonna need fucking points so anyway <laughs> while the cruiserweight classic had new episodes weekly and the united kingdom championship was held over two days the women's tournament seems to be taking a different approach the current plan is to release a batch of episodes all together and then release another group of episodes at a later date the only live network will be the finale, which will take place sometime in August. Yeah, the tournament, which was rumoured to be taking place this year for quite a while, was officially Rumor announced. Has it. <laughs> yeah, was officially announced during the WWE Business Partner Summit at the WrestleMania 33 weekend in Orlando, and the announcement was made by none other than Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, along with Bailey, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, Dan. Um, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella announced on Wednesday that. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella announced on WWE.com Wednesday Brie gave birth to the couple's daughter Birdie Joe Danielson. Oh, Tuesday night. Well, honestly, congratulations. I mean, it's good Daniel Bryan's been off TV for a little while. It's good he's giving, given the time to actually do it, you know. What did they say, Dan? Uh, there is no better feeling in the world than meeting your daughter, Brie said. I can't even express the overwhelming joy and love that Brian and I are feeling. Now we know what parents mean about the love you feel when you first meet your child. Thank you all for your thoughts and prayers on the safety of Birdie coming into this world. Well, <sighs> Chairman Vincent Mann, congratulate you, the couple, Dan. What did he say? <laughs> Goddamn Jesus Christ, son, you're fine. One more full of books. With the rapid acceleration of the pay-per-view calendar, we also have a lot more information coming in about the upcoming pay-per-views, Dan. That means we find out about a new one almost every month, and May is no exception. We now know the Monday Night Raw show for September as another pay-per-view flips to the other side. 
No Mercy 2017 will be held on September 24th at the Staples Centers in Los Angeles, California. The show was arrived last year as a SmackDown Live event after not having aired since 2008. There's still no word yet on the October or December Monday Night Raw shows. Dan, we move on to injuries. You can start off the injuries. Um, well, oh, sorry, no, just before we move on, with the pay-per-views, there's a shitload more pay-per-views. So yep. why can't we get you know a few more overseas? I'm not just saying for us. <laughs> But like, you know, we could have a pay-per-view in England, one in Japan, one in Australia, you know, one in Europe somewhere. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't know why they don't do it, especially when now you've got the global audience. You have a network where you don't rely on pay-per-view to be on a certain time, so you can have it on demand like that as well. Uh, it, and it's 19 pay-per-views as well this year, and that's not including see, takeovers or anything else like that. So, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's no excuse. And like I said to you off-air, this... Coming uh, weekend, as this show is out now, tonight we're having our NXT TakeOver uh, live kickoff at midnight just before the Chicago show. We had Monday Night Raw and SmackDown in London. Why can't we have a TakeOver and a pay-per-view? I know we had a TakeOver in the past, but at WWE Pay-Per-View as well, we deserve that as fans. We're paying the same amount of money as uh, people would do. Do you know what I mean? It's It's all about that, but... We'll, we'll see what happens in the future because every time they come over here, like with John Cena saying, oh, we'd love to have one at, uh, in England, wouldn't we? And well, that was just to get a cheap pop. And Stephanie McMahon as well with the Daily Mirror saying, oh, we'd love to have paper here. They always say it's good and they say we'd love to, but they'll never do anyway. So anyway, after that little rant, we go on to injuries, Dan. WWE star Emma was injured in Liverpool during a WWE live event. She reportedly hurt her shoulder after an awkward landing, ending the six-person tag team match that was in progress. The match paired Emma with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax against the trio of Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Mickey James. A hit from Sasha led to the injury, which caused a ringside physician to help her backstage. Emma had only recently returned from a back injury that kept her out of action for much of the last year. After undergoing surgery in May, it took her until February to finally reappear on the scene. So that's a bit of a shame about Emma. She came back, you know, Liam Malina the character, and then just Emma. I liked her in NXT, you know, but she's not really had a chance on the main roster. Of course, she got done for that shoplifting thing. But anyway, move on. Speaking of NXT just then, Ember Moon will be missing from the card at NXT TakeOver in Chicago after injuring her shoulder. WWE confirmed the rising female talent had suffered a grade 1 shoulder sprain as a result of Oscar's ambush during last week's number 1 contenders battle royal. Moon will be out of action for uh, 4 to 5 weeks with a problem costing her a shot at the title. Moon was penciled to challenge Oscar for the women's championship in a fatal four way of course with Ruby Riot, Nikki Cross as well. However, her injury now keep on the shelf for a short period. Now there's a little bit of talk that maybe this injury might little be a little bit of a storyline, Dan, because uh, they're saving Oscar versus Ember Moon. What do you think of it? Um, well, yeah, you know, it could be a, a bit of a play, but, you know, you never know. If Oscar was to lose the title, wouldn't it better be done in a fatal four-way or a triple threat match as opposed to losing it one-on-one, thus keeping her streak alive? Yeah. As she's back by uh, the 8th of June... In Brighton, that's all I care about, really, because I yes. do want to see the Eclipse live. Oh, I'd love to see the Eclipse live. <laughs> so, anyway, um, uh, we move on, Dan. More injury news. Braun Strowman put Roman Reigns on the shelf for a few weeks leading up to play... Braun Strowman put Roman Reigns on the shelf for a few weeks leading up to pay back on April the 30th. But now the monster among men is dealing with an injury of his own. It was reported... Monday that Strowman will miss four to eight weeks after undergoing surgery to address an unknown elbow injury. 
WWE had announced the night after payback that Strowman would be out indefinitely after tearing his rotator cuff. Uh, Strowman's injury doesn't come at an ideal time since his popularity has never been higher. He's enjoying a groundswell of momentum similar to what Reigns received in early 2014 before WWE positions Reigns as the eventual successor to John Cena. But we've had an update. Dan? Yes, uh, Braun Strowman underwent surgery on his elbow Thursday and will be forced to miss up to six months of action, according to WWE.com. The WWE star suffered an act the WWE star suffered an, a- an attack at the hands of Roman Reigns last Monday, which left him with an injured shoulder and a shattered elbow. Is that the one we saw? Yes, that's the one we saw. Yeah. <laughs> at least we saw him shatter his elbow. Uh, there's been some talk as well that they've said on WWE.com he will be out for six months, but the four to six weeks thing might be real and he might be back by SummerSlam. So is it WWE maybe keeping it as a surprise to come back and attack do you know what I mean? Roman Reigns or, or sort of Brock Lesnar yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but shame, isn't it? Strowman missing at the moment. Which... It is indeed. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to have a destructive machine that actually shows up to events, not like Brock Lesnar, who's the supposed champion, who's supposed to defend his title 32 days, but hasn't. And yeah. it's an exception to the rule, which I don't agree <laughs> with whatsoever. But No, anywho. but Strowman versus Lesnar is a match I wouldn't mind seeing anyway. But yeah, we move on. And Dan, probably your, one of your favourite news stories recently. Um, in the footsteps of Paige, Charlotte Flair had some leaked photos stolen. <laughs> And I say that in inverted air commas because, you know, who would want to fucking steal pictures of that? No, honestly, we saw the pictures for, obviously, uh, podcast purposes. We didn't want to see the pictures. Like we did with Paige and all the other Melina's ones and uh, Mar- Mar- uh, Maria. And um, I saw uh, Victoria's one. And, and uh, I mean, just obviously for Podcast, I'm no interest, and I watched the Tammy Lynn Sitch uh, video just just to catch up, really. But do you know what I mean? It was anyway. <laughs> she was on Twitter, and what did she say, Dan? Private photos of mine were stolen and shared publicly without my consent. These images must be removed from the internet immediately. Well, she's going to have to move them from my phone along with the page ones if so, you don't want me to see them anymore. A WWE cameraman has filed a 1.2 million lawsuit against Titus O'Neil after the superstar allegedly attacked him when a swerved pank- prank went awry. O'Neill allegedly hurt the man's hands, fingers and wrist after knocking the camera out of his hand when he was struck with a cattle prod during the segment. The lawsuit says... The cameraman was also sent home in fear of the possibility of further attacks by Titus. Court documents say the incident took place on May 18th, 2015, and no criminal charges were filed in the case, nor is it clear if the police were ever involved. And anybody who doesn't know Swerved is a hidden camera show that features pranks played on all WWE superstars and staff. You know, it's similar to punk but not as good. And a segment ahead last year showed W Superstar Page going around the locker room and shocking employees with a cattle prod. It's weird she'd go around shocking people with cattle prod and the following year she'd be shocking everybody with a dildo. Dan? I'd rather see the dildo. Uh, the O'Neill incident was not shown as... Former W champion CM Punk, anybody that knows CM Punk is, started to chime in the indie wrestling debate uh, commenced by Rip Rogers. For all those unaware, Rip Rogers went to Twitter to rip the current state of wrestling, particularly the logic behind independent wrestling. Rogers 63 has often voiced his passion for old school wrestling and how indie matches have quelled their 
respected art of competition. Not only does Rogers bash this type of wrestling, but he also posts factors about the sport that should be heavily focused on. His overall evaluation of indie wrestling is that typical, as it typically depicts an exhibition full of dives. So this is what Rip Rogers said first. I know you got Randy Orton's one there, but <laughs> every indie match now, handshake, drawn out, move, exchange. This is awesome chance, strike, exchange, dive. No sell, indie strong style, dive, more strikes, no sells. Dive, flippy floppy sequence, dive, hit everyone with each other's finisher, then humpty dumpty, we all fall down. Fight forever, chant, rinse, then repeat until every move is useless, it means nothing. Dive, take unsafe shot that looks like shit and hurts like hell, then roll up, finish. Handshake and hug after match. Everyone hands raised. All those guys chant, go home and type on social media, thank your opponents, company for the match, or tell others they should book these guys. Dive. And then WWE champion Randy Orton. He retweeted Roger's post. The era of many fans and fellow wrestlers. What was the tweet, Dan? Sorry to the indie marks, indie guys and old timers who do dives took offence. Just having a good time over a few drinks in Denmark, closing the SmackDown Live tour, while beating Raw in making over $5 million in the last 11 shows. Now, I know to some that doesn't quite equate to standing room only crowd of 150 people paying $8 at an armory somewhere. But in the big boy world, that's called putting asses in seats. So enjoy your flips, dives and 20 super kicks per match. To each to their own, I will go dive back into my 13th title run and get ready to flip when my bank statement comes out this month. <laughs> Headlock. Uh, well, <laughs> also somehow come and ring of on a six-man tag team champion, Buddy Ray got in the mix and he's seen me reference the tweet with a picture of him diving as well. And, um, however, Billy Ray stated that the tweet had zero to do with and he was wrong again. Will Ospreay chimed in, Dan. Will Ospreay, a man that we've met. Yes, indeed. He said to Rogers, yeah, but I'm having fun and making money, so I'm happy. Dive. In response, Rogers stated there was nothing wrong with that, and he did stupid shit when he was Ospreay's age as well. Uh, last year, one of the most popular yet controversial independent-style matches occurred when Osprey competed against Ricochet, a match we have seen in Sitborn. Ricochet spoke up uh, about the matter, stating, I just love wrestling every type. Wish more people were this way. It's an amazing night that I've been blessed to make a living from. While CM Punk has made sure to keep distant from wrestling since acrimoniously leaving the WWE in 2014, his passion for the company could no longer be concealed. Punk shared his feelings on Ricochet's tweet concerning loving every form of wrestling. Yeah, and he said, always will... Others will always try to protect their own insecurities on you. Happiness is priceless. So there we go. That's what CM Punk had to say. That's it, isn't it? And they got 1.3 million retweets <laughs> and 4.1 million likes. So he's just behind the WNR podcast. Just, just a little bit. But not too bad. All right. So now we've got the last bit now. And champion Brock Lesnar is scheduled to make four appearances in Raw in June and July. Surrounding the, bri- surrounding the brands. Great balls of fire pay-per-view event. At July 9th at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. Lesnar is also confirmed to appear in Lafayette, Louisiana on June 12th. Los Angeles on June 26th. And Phoenix on July 3rd. And Houston, of course, on July 10th. Well, it's good to see that the heavyweight champion is doing his bit for the company. And unlike Randy Orton that travels all around the world for the company, you know, to see his fans that want to see him. Brock Lesnar don't give a fuck about that. It's slated to make his first defence of the championship 
at the pay-per-view, Great Balls of Fire, meaning no dates were announced for Lesnar beyond Raw the night following uh, the pay-per-view, which suggests he could go on another hiatus until the build-up for SummerSlam on August 20th. Even though the idea of a top title holder only making his sporadic appearances on weekly programming has irked some diehard fans <laughs> like me, WWE has shown commitment to the idea... WWE has shown a commitment to the idea with Lesnar, Goldberg and The Rock over the past handful of years. So, up next, John, well, and the other returning, uh, John Cena will be back on July 4th, which of course is, Dan? Independence Day. Independence Day. And the WWE, I got an email the other day, WWE pre-sales for the UK tour November goes on sale now. They are, they never stop and they are indeed a machine that will just keep churning and taking your money off you as well. Uh, I want to, that Wembley Arena, which is a shit arena. Just make sure you don't go for the VIP package because it is awful. <laughs> and they charge you a lot of money for a fucking program that's 10 years old and a bottle. So Dan, it's NXT Update and when does NXT Update start? Now! So yes, it is episode. It is episode three ninety, May third, and the opening sequence. What was the first match, Dan? Uh, the first match was the monster Killian Dane versus Danny Birch. Tell me about the match. Dane drives Birch into a corner and then pulls him off the middle rope for a big crash. The backsplash connects and is greeted by a shave your back chant from the crowd. <laughs> Followed by a series of elbow drops, Birch slugs away with a series of strikes. But Killian Dane flattens in with a running drop kick. The Ulster Plantation finishes Birch at 2.51. So 2 minutes of 51 is all it took to get the job done. So after that, we have the Velveteen Dream, whom I believe is Patrick Clark. He is coming, and the silhouette certainly looks like him. Dan, next match. The next match is Heavy Machinery versus Ricardo Watts and Hector Kunzman, which are a couple of local competitors. And, uh, well, these jobbers make Rey Mysterio look huge. Dozovic runs Hector over to start, and a double-falling headbutt makes things even worse. Ricardo is dragged in, and Heavy Machinery exchange chest bumps. Knight splashes both of them in the corner before Dozovic lifts them both at the same time for a double World's Strongest Slam. And the double pin at two minutes forty one. So you know, two <laughs> matches in less than five minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've had longer matches. We've had better matches on NXT, but there's two to start off with. Yeah. And up next, we see uh, Bobby Roode. He talks to Connor Reeves before Reeves faces Hideo Itami here tonight. And then we see DIY as well. Dan, what do they say? DIY. They might not have heavy machinery size, but they are the former NXT champions. They love more competition, but the line starts behind them. So, up next, we have Conor Reeves versus Hideo Tami. Uh, so, we've seen two squash matches. Will this one be any different? So, yeah, Hideo Tami coming out. And, I mean, are you excited about the return of Hideo Tami, Dan? Well, you know, since Nakamura's left, they do need an Asian competitor in NXT. <laughs> and who else but Hideo Itami? Well, he... Oh my god, straight away, Kona Reeves attacking the Tommy from behind. Of course, we've seen two previous squash matches, and Kona Reeves doesn't want anything to do with that. Unless, of course, he might win quickly. I mean, what would happen then to NXT, Dan? Well, it, it'd just be over, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. And Itami trying to recover in the corner, and Kona Reeves going to run towards him. Oh, the match has finally started, and. Uh... Yeah, Conor Reeves got a run up, but Itami managing to duck out of the way, and Conor Reeves hits the turnbuckle, but he's getting off to a flying start. 
He is looking quite impressive. I just can't believe how far Connor Reeves' hairline starts. <laughs> right. He tries to get Tommy down, got him down for two. He hasn't got a forehead, he's got a five head. He has, and he goes for the cover again. Oh, well, trying to turn this into a squash match. A couple of quick covers on Itami, but Itami managing to kick out. Oh. And I'm surprised, I'll tell you. I'm not joking. I am surprised with the uh, impressive nature of Kona Reeves. Itami's really not been out of the blocks in this one, has he? Well, you know, he might have been uh, getting some advice off Bobby Roode in their previous little talk. Well, if you would want advice off anybody, it would, of course, be Bobby Roode. As, oh, my God, Itami now looking to make a comeback. Oh, a couple of big clotheslines. He's got some tenacity, this young fella. Oh, of course, the former Kenta came up with a GTS finish as well. That CM Punk stole from him. He's been doing this for a long time and finally getting his moment to shine in NXT. Having a title match, the biggest match of the time. His NXT career. Look at these kicks out in the corner. Kicks in the corner to Connor. Sarah oh, Tommy certainly <laughs> means business. <laughs> Oh my god, what did you say, Dan? Itami certainly means business with them big kicks in the corner, running in with a lovely big drop kick. Oh, now he's setting Connor up. It's nap time for Connor Reeves. Oh, oh hits him with the GTS. <laughs> Connor sold up very well as Itami gets the victory. Dan, thoughts? Well, hopefully, this is uh, going to be similar to what happens to Bobby Rhodes. Oh, you starting that. you starting that already. <laughs> we see a video on Drew McIntyre, including a look back at his initial WWE run. You know, Vince McMahon called him the chosen one, former Intercontinental Champion, all that kind of thing. And Dan, what was after? Uh, well, it's part documentary on Roderick Strong. This time, we're at home with his pregnant fiance, and they're getting things ready for the baby's arrival. He loves the idea of being called a father and a husband. And now those things are about to be true. We get some clips of Strong's very early wrestling career from his days in IPW Hardcore Wrestling and then his time in the Performance Centre. Yeah, and now we go back into the Ring of Honor days as well. And he was there for 13 years and then he got the call. With tears in his, in his eyes. Strong says, don't give up and if it will be okay. We wrap it up with Strong holding his newborn baby and saying... I'm going to be the next Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> next, Bobby Roode is in William Regal's office and doesn't think much of the video. He also think he also doesn't think Hideo Itami should get the title shot yet because it could mess with a champ's face. Regal actually agrees and puts Itami in a number one contenders match against Strong for next week. Strong comes in and has a stare down with Rude. So we've seen these promos, baby, they're building up Roderick Strong. We fought Atami, but maybe it will be Roderick Strong that faces Bobby Rude at TakeOver. I mean, whoever it is, I think Rude will have a, uh, a successful title defence. But we should say it could be a triple threat match. But our main event is huge because we find out who's going to be the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, Oscar, has no challenges as of yet, so they're going to be a battle royal. And Dan... Who have we got in this battle royale? We have got Lacey Evans, yeah. Billy Kay. <sighs> I'm not bored, honestly. Yeah, you don't like uh, Billy Kay. We have Lacey Evans, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Nikki Cross, but she looks quite angry, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Ember Moon, Aaliyah, Nymph. or Nymph, <laughs> Bianca Blair, Candice LeRae, Kimberly Frankie, Rachel e- Evers, Sonia Deville, Victoria Gonzalez and Sarah Bridges. Yes, and the winner will get Oscar in Chicago. 
Uh, Evans is better known as Macy Estrella, and Devell was a former Deriba Renetto, uh, the UFC type of chick, and there are a lot of women who are known without interests. The Ray is a heavy fan favourite, and the Let's Go Candice chant. So, who's your favourite Dan in this match? Oh, it's got to be Ember Moon. I, I think it's got to be. Uh, yeah, M- okay, I'll go different for you because you went Ember. I'm going Numph. Numph. I think she can be the challenger. Well, it's, um. Is uh, Victoria Gonzalez the daughter of the giant Gonzalez? Uh, well, she looks that way. She's got some power of her as she put, uh, throws away a couple of local competitors. Oh, she goes for Kay and Royce to start, but she can't get rid of them. Oh, yeah, it's your usual battle royal brawling with tease eliminations. They seem to go anywhere, but let's have a look. How would you win the match if you were in this one? Um, if I was in this one, I'd lay down in the middle and let all the women jump me. <laughs> oh, okay. I would do the king's strategy and I'd hang on to the bottom rope or I'd just call out. No, because it's a battle royal. You can go out anyway, you know. No, no. Well, I don't know. Women's battle royals have always been a bit weird that way, haven't they? They've always been allowed to well, hug the rope. A rope. So uh, what I would do if I was in, say, um, Billy Kay or Peyton Royce's position, I would team up, you know, it's two, two on against anybody. I mean, I know Gazales is a big chick, you know, but um, I think that's the best way of trying to go around this match. But the Aussie chicks, Kay and Royce, they had a teaming up on Gonzalez. Yeah. Trying to get the bigger woman out. I mean, oh. is that good strategy as well? I think it is. It looks like Ruby Wright's trying to get someone out there. And, and Nikki Nick- Cross there, she looks like he's... Oh. Teetering, yeah, precariously over on the top rope. But Ruby Wright and Cross there, they've still got hard on for each other yeah, and they're just going crazy unfinished um, business Numph in a little bit of trouble there as well hanging on so we take a break and come back with Gonzalez having been eliminated at the hands of Royce and Kay and Blair is out next well look how happy Numph is Evans is out to of course the brew- brewing Bridges Evans and Deville go out in the span of five seconds and Raya eliminates Kimberly so we're down to Laray Royce Kay Cross Wright Morgan Moon and Numph Oh, there we just see uh, Riot eliminating uh, Kimberly. Oh my God! So that's who would. Yeah, she so goes back for the angry Nikki Cross. So Candice is in there. I think Candice is going to do quite well. Ember Moon's still there. Yeah. And Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Or oh, Ember Moon. It's got Liv Morgan up now. Yeah, Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot eliminate each other. Kay and oh! Royce both teaming up to eliminate her. And that was a lot of booze there. <laughs> well, Candice, fair play. So, yeah, we've got Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riot, Numph, and uh, Ember Moon. And I'm quite happy with that lineup because they're all people I know. So, we're down to it. And uh, our favourites are both in there. I think Numph's done quite well to stay, still be in it. She's picking on uh, <laughs> she's picking on Nikki Cross. Fair play to her. You know, it wouldn't be the first person I'd go to. <laughs> it's probably the biggest mistake of her career. <laughs> Uh-oh, now Nikki's got a liar. If Come on, let's come on. Irish rip Nikki Cross. Numph, get a leg call. Oh, my. Flips her over. She lands on the ring apron and gets shoved outside, so your pick is gone. She has, but great athleticism there by Numph, managing to hold on to the apron before Cross managed to kick her out. And Cross, she is nutcase. She's my new favourite now. Whoever eliminates my favourite <laughs> is my new one. And Billy Kay... Peyton Royce still in, like I said, success teaming up. And Ember Moon's been quite quiet, really, isn't she? She's not done a lot. And Ruby Wright getting her, um, her breath back in the corner. And Liv Morgan looking to try and get rid of Cross. Who wins this is certainly going to lose to Oscar. Well, it may be not. We don't know. It could go either way. Ruby Wright, we don't know how tough she can be in a one-on-one situation. As the Australians now beating her up in the corner. You've got Liv Morgan 
on the other side with Nikki Cross. And Ruby Riot could be going here and Ember going to save her. Is that a mistake, Dan? Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, it must be. But Ruby Riot are hanging on for dear life, but her feet haven't touched the ground yet. Oh, and neither has Liv Morgan as she holds on as Nikki Cross looking to finish that. Oh, oh, and Cross sends her out. As now Peyton Royce, Billy Kay teaming up to take out Ember Moon. And they will still come off second best. Ember sends Billy Kay on the apron. Oh, and a big kick to the midsection sends her crashing out. Final four. Who's it going to be? Ember. Oh, no. Oh. She's sends Ember Moon to the outside. Got about Ember Moon managing to recover. It'd be the biggest shock in the world if Peyton Royce can get her over. Oh, my God. Now Ember Moon dragging her over the top <laughs> rope. Of course, still got Nikki Cross and Ruby Wright in a corner fighting it. And, oh, my God. It's like the way... Oh. Peyton Royce is gone. So, now we've got the final three. Right. We've got Ruby Wright, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross. I've gone for Nikki Cross from the very beginning, Dan. I'm very happy to say that. She you're is my as bad pick. as the fucking king. I don't know what you're talking about. So it'll be one of these three. And these three are probably the most are the most dangerous competitors in NXT. I think, I think, oh, Ember Moon not getting involved as Nikki Cross goes to attack Ruby Riot. I mean, you know, these two have been at each other's throats since day one. They have, and maybe they have, and maybe this rivalry is eclipsing what's happening in the ring right now. And saying eclipse, they both might get the. Uh, I'm of course referencing Ember Moon's finisher. Yes, stunner <laughs> off the top, which is arguably probably the best female finishing move in NXT today. Nay, in WWE, not just women's. I think possibly nay. I think it's better than the RKO. No. Because <laughs> you can't hit the Eclipse from nowhere. You, you can't can hit the, the top rope. No, no. Well, Ember Moon is on the top. Nikki Cross trying to get her out. Ruby Riot is recovering. Precarious position here. Could have two eliminations in one. Uh-oh. Ruby Riot sends Nikki Cross head first in the turnbuckle. But Ember Moon there with an impressive forearm. Now she's going to the top. And you don't want to see Ember Moon climb into the top because the only thing that could happen after that is Eclipse. Boom! And Nikki Cross sold that stunner terribly. <laughs> but nonetheless, it hit the mark. Oh, don't be, don't be so horrible. And this Shirley is going to be it now. Don't call me Shirley, but I do think for Cross. And now Ember Moon there, dragging Cross's limp, lifeless body. She's going to finish her. Oh, she's dead, but can she get her over? Oh, no! Ruby right there, grabbing Ember Moon's leg from behind. Not like this. Well, we will never know. Oh, wait a minute, we do. Oh, is she? No. Oh, Moon managing to fight off Riot, though. Oh, my God, look at the kicks by Ember. She's going crazy. Handspring there to a big forearm going up top. That is beautiful. That is beautiful by Ember. And like you say, another eclipse now. We'll end it for everybody. Oh! Oh, Oscar... <laughs> pushes Ember Moon off the top I mean she knew what was coming and she's worried by what Ember Moon could do oh now Ember oh wow I thought she was going to throw her into the ring post but instead she throws her straight through and she hits the barricade <laughs> and Oscar now with Ruby Wright as well oh a lovely spinning heel kick there straight on the mark and Oscar's going to kill you. Well, there's no challenges. We still haven't got... And I'm not going to tell the Oscar's come out here and having fun. But there was a match 
taking place. And now Nikki Cross. Well, Oscar got a bit pissed <laughs> off that she didn't get a chance to be in the match, and she just wants to kick some ass. Yeah, exactly. The new number contender is Oscar. She has to face herself. That's the only way she can lose. Uh, takeover. <laughs> So Oscar sends a message to the whole women's division. It is quite unbelievable. We- well, you could have had every single wrestler in that battle royal gun against Oscar and they still would have lost. Yeah. So we're still not sure what's happening, but um, what do you think of the battle royal, Dan? It started off quite good and, you know, it is a bit of a shame that Oscar come out and ruined what was going to be another eclipse and an Ember Moon victory, but... You know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. There were still three women left in this battle royal. Could it be a fatal four-way, perhaps? Perhaps we shall see what Regal does on the next NXT. Should we watch it now, Dan? We can watch it now. Let's watch it now. So NXT, May 10th, episode 3, 9, 1. And we started off, Dan, with what? My newly adopted NXT guy, Alistair Black, going against Cesar Bononi. Cesar Benoni is very tall, but that just means he has more body to kick. Benoni actually got a little bit of offence before Black caught him with a jumping knee to the face. He followed that with a knee to the back and the Black Mass for the win. They showed Ember Moon taking a bump to the outside, which injured her. And then Steve Regal, uh, nope. And then Mr. Regal told Oscar she'd face all three women. She's injured. However, due to Moon's injury, it will now be a triple threat match at TakeOver Chicago. Moon vowed to be better than ever when she returns. They announced Tyler Bate would defend the WK Championship at TakeOver. Who will find out on our live kickoff shows. We watch the main event of the UK special. Determine who will face Tyler Bate. We'll be doing that live at midnight, of course, tonight as everybody listens to this. Next up, there is a Ruby Riot video package. This was also good and showed pictures and videos of her as a child and brought it around to her today. She was sitting at a tattoo parlour and explained that each tattoo tells a story about her. She said that the NXT Women's Championship will be her validation. A sit-down interview with Nikki Cross was next and she wasn't very happy. She refused to allow the sound guy to put a microphone on her and instead she held the clip mic in her hands and talked right into it. She then played with a boom mic I believe this was done to show how crazy she is now. She don't need a microphone as she was content with screaming into the camera and asking where her championship was. Well, I can tell you, Nikki Cross, it is round the waist of Oscar. Drew McIntyre's been really awesome backstage, Dan. He said he's disappointed he's not including the number one contenders match tonight, which he should be, but they're worried that he's just going to go straight away and win the title. And he talks about taking what he wants. And what he wants, Dan, is the NXT Championship. Then up walked Wesley Blake, of all people, who told him to leave. The Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, is coming. The guy we saw promo for last week, Dan. DIY were in the ring for a promo as we came back from a commercial. They said the Offers of Pain may be the biggest and baddest, but they have what DIY want. Tommaso Ciampa pointed out that they never got their fair title rematch. Johnny Gagano reiterated what they said last week about the line for title shot starts behind them. Out came Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. No, really. They said they want a title shot behind them. DIY said they just crossed the line and threw Moss and Sabatelli 
out of the ring. This led to an impromptu match. Player, Moss and Sabatelli attacked Ciampa from the start and got the heat. Do you know, Sabatelli is a second round NFL draft pick and played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Apparently he also drives a Maserati. A Maserati. Apparently he drives a car and that's supposed to get him big heat. Apparently he drives a Maserati Quadraporte. Anyway, Ciampa reversed the suplex attempt and tagged Gagano. Gagano ran wild on both hills and hit all his big moves, including the spear through the ropes on Sabatelli, and DOI picked up the win with their running double knee. Mr. Regal came out and was about to make a tag team title match for TakeOver when Paul Ellering came out and said, the Authors of Pain will end DIY's career. Regal said that was a chance he was willing to take, so Ellering said DIY's blood will be on his hands. Regal replied to that by making Authors of Pain the DIY a ladder match at TakeOver. <gasps> what? A ladder match for only the second time in NXT history. We're going to see, for the first time ever, a tag team ladder match. That's fantastic, Dan. What do you think? It's certainly innovative. I think it will be fantastic. We've seen Officer Payne, DIY have great matches the past couple of weeks, haven't we? A couple of takeovers, even. No. <laughs> no. Do you think that puts the ball more in DIY's it would be. It would make you think that, wouldn't it? It would make you think that. Wherever they go that way, we shall see. We're close to takeover now, Dan. Cassie Sono was backstage, looking almost as tall as Drew McIntyre. See, that set up the thing there. They're tall people. Cassie Sono was almost like me. He said he fell down, but he's going to stand back up. And up walked Dan's three eleven boy, Andre Cien. Andrade. Dan up walked your three eleven boy. Andrade Cien Almas, who called Ono Pelo. Pelo. You fucking Pelo. Hello, Bono, you fucking Pelo. And Ono ripped on him for parting after the shows. Anyway, doesn't matter. They made a match for next week. Dan? Up next was a Tyler Bate video package. We sure do love our video packages tonight, eh? We do, and you always love a good package as well. And Roderick Strong said that this upcoming match is why he's here and what he's worked for. Hope he doesn't blow it. Up next, Hideo Itami says he respects Strong, but he's going to make him go to sleep. So now it is main event time. Hideo Itami, Roderick Strong. Dan, who are you going for this one? you got Hideo Itami, but Roderick Strong, I don't think we should... Underestimate. Oh my god almighty. And on the outside, fucking hell. I honestly can't believe what I've just seen, and I'm not saying that. Right, so, yes, we joined the match after the ad break. We just did a big bump. We'll recap it in just a second. At the start, they were trading moves, believe it or not. Really filling each other out. I mean, this is going to have a, a over 20 minute time limit, maybe half hour. It's going to be Brighton on Thursday, the 8th of June. James. So they're going to have a lot of time in this one. We're back after Brayton Strong. He's got a Tommy in a sleeper. But he's very innovative when he, what he does. He's very innovative. He's very innovative. Fuck me. He's very... He is down with the submissions. But there we go. Look. He now told me on the apron. Look what Strong did. Picked him up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Knocked him back first on the corner of that ring. Yeah. And uh, in the early going as well. In Tommy... Stunner! 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 <laughs> in the early going as well. Itami went for the GTS, and of course, Roderick Strong went for his sick kick. Both men managing to see the other one out. And it's been quite fair, like we say. Been trading moves, been quite equal until the move Roderick Strong tried to get back in it. But as Dan was heard back in the background, Itami tried to come back into it, didn't he? He did, Jesse got him with a jawbreaker. 
And now he dodges that clothesline from Strong. Oh, oh and it. a double clothesline, James. That's when you know it's a good match. That's when you know it's a good match. Look at the scar, though, on Itami's arm. That's what's kept him out for so long. But this is going to be Itami's toughest match since coming back from injury. Like, Roderick Strong's been going strong now. No pun intended. On NXT for the past six months, in co- constantly in matches. Itami coming back from the cold. do only be facing people like Sean Maluta. It's a big step up, isn't it, Dan? You know? Called Strong the Master, the Batbreaker, and Itami, the uh, creator of the GTS. And this is a slugfest, goddammit. And a lovely <laughs> superplex off the second rope there by Itami, but only managing to get a two count. Two. Oh, how hard it I have indeed, Dan. And both men are exchanging big right hands. Which one will give him first? I ain't the man that loses, because at the moment I can't tell. Big elbows to Strong's jaw, but Strong responds with a big, big knee, knee to Tommy's <laughs> yeah. face. I can't call that the Yakuza kick, because that would just be racist then, wouldn't it? Call it the chink kick. It's Tommy coming out of nowhere, and he takes him down. Can he go for the pin? No. Fans clapping though, they they preach unlike unlike us, they appreciate this fine action between these two men. No, it's a bloody good matchup between these two. But who will get the win? There's, oh, here we go. Oh, it's time he gets strung up onto his shoulders for the potential GTS, but strong with a backslide. Goes for a suplex on Itami, but Itami manages to get a knee to the head, pushes strong into the corner, follows it up with a big kick. Oh, and then a big running drop kick there. Strong's in all sorts of trouble now. And now Itami rolls down his knee pad, looking to get as much of this GTS onto Strong's face as he can. But Strong, ever the fighter, with the arms across Itami, and he says, kite to the bitter end. Who will be the better man tonight? Goes for the clothesline. Tommy gets him up. And he sends him to sleep. Going for the pin. Referee counts. With a tear in my eye. And Hideo Itami, great news for him. He wins the match. Bad news for him. He goes to take over to fight the glorious one, Bobby Roode. Dan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a bloody good match. You know, uh, you were saying about Itami. He's a very good opponent. And, you know, he proved that he can go toe-to-toe with a good wrestler in Strong. And, you know, I think Strong's got a lot more to come from this company as well. Yeah, no, I was impressed by both of these men. And like we were saying with 205 as well, NXT needs to get more of these guys having great matches, you know, and seeing more of this talent as well. And as time is strong, two guys not really done a lot with. Now we're going to push them forward. That's great. And I hope to see more like this. But yeah, like we say, Tommy will face Bobby Roode as we move on to the next episode of NXT. We move on to our next episode, our last episode of NXT. And it's the last NXT before takeover that I'm going to say you are as we move on yeah episode 392 May 17th and look who starts the show it is the NXT champion it is the man Dan wants to see more of I want to see him every episode as well I want to see him in everything like I think they should have a little box in the corner just Bobby Roode in it do you know what I mean what Bobby's up to Bobby WW24 series as anyway NXT starts and as you can tell I'm hyped for not only this episode of NXT but our live episode as well with NXT takeover coming up and um, Bobby Roode, like I say, arrived today. He yelled at man carrying his bags to go faster. Much like I shout at Dan. So we see our first match. And how can it get any better than this here on NXT? We have Drew McIntyre in action versus Sean Maluta, Dan. Yeah, McIntyre looked really strong going against Sean Maluta, who is an NXT jobber of some sort. It's not trying to take anything away from McIntyre. Yeah. But, you know... 
he is a bit of a jobber. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do too well on the fucking CWC, did he, to start with? But at least no. he is still gainfully employed, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, you know, at least he's still making appearances and so on and so forth. But, you know, it was somewhat of a squash match for McIntyre. He did suffer a slight cut on his face, but, you know, he overcome that quite quickly, finished him off with relative ease. Again, you know, the only way is up for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, no, I, uh, honestly, like I say, I love Drew McIntyre and love his babies. Uh, but Kayla Braxton came out and asked McIntyre if he's concerned about having the attention of Blake. Shockingly, McIntyre was not concerned. However, he did challenge Blake. He did challenge Blake to a match next week. So after takeover, so I guess McIntyre will not be at NXT takeover, which I would say is a bit of a disappointment. We got exclusive footage from NXT last week where Sanity attacked Roderick Strong after his match with Hideo Itami. Backstage, Strong told Mr. Regal that he wanted Sanity. This led to an Eric Young promo where he called Strong crazy for challenging them to a fight at TakeOver. Young accepted the challenge, so we have a match for Saturday. So yeah, I mean, what do you think about Eric Young versus Roderick Strong at TakeOver? You um, Well, it's, you know, it's just a... Uh, Another Ty Dillinger going against Sanity, isn't it? Is he going to get a couple of friends to help him out and make it a six-man tag? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could all end in all sorts of shenanigans. And then we've got a video feature for Itami showing his debut NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way all the way back in September 2014, where he single-handedly beat up the Ascension. That was a bigger deal then, since it was the same night they lost their tag titles. 364 days, and uh, you talk about a dissension from Ascension. That is unbelievable. The Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, is still on his way. He has a long way to go to match Nijak's record for the longest build-up to their debut. Emelina. She had a fucking... Yeah, exactly, on Raw. Another Itami clip head, this time showing him beat Tyler Breeze at the WrestleMania 31 weekend NXT show. Oscar was very driven to the arena earlier today and being asked stupid questions. <laughs> she acknowledged they asked stupid questions and kept saying, next question. Arrived at full sale and took a selfie with the fans. So is Oscar a face or a heel or... I don't think we really know. Do we? Just, just, she's just Oscar. Yeah, exactly, she we don't. She wants to fight anyone, She can anyone. do what she wants to do, basically, yeah. Up next... Up next, we had Sonya Deville going against Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, who is a former military member, was here to face Sonya Deville, who used to be a Brenato of tough enough fame. Yeah, the UFC-looking chick that we have seen before. The fans were not into this match, except to yell sweet after every two count. Too sweet. Deville used a takedown and locked on the body scissors. She just bullied around Evans, who is much bigger than her. Evans finally blocked a strike and hit a bad-looking punch to take over. Deville came back and won with a step-up into... We jumped forward to Tommy returning to NXT last month and laying out Bobby Roode with a go-to-sleep, <laughs> which we shan't talk about, but let's review this Saturday's NXT TakeOver Chicago card. And of course, in the main event, we have my NXT, your NXT, everyone's NXT champion, Bobby Roode, Defending against Hideo Itami. We have the NXT Tag Team Championship on the line in a ladder match. As the authors of pen, authors of pen, authors of pain defend against DIY. And we have a personal battle 
Roderick Strong going against the leader of Sanity, Eric Young. And will this be the end of the streak? NXT Women's Champion Oscar defence against Nikki Cross and Ruby Wright in a triple threat match. So what do you think of the card? Do you think it looks good? Um, you know, it has potential to be quite a good uh, quite a good card. There's four titles on the line. Or five if you count the tag team champions as two titles, because there are theoretically two. And uh, <clears throat> we've got a, a sort of a personal battle, which has only just started, really, with Strong going against Young. But, uh, yeah, you know, it could be a very interesting pay-per-view, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, I'd say, as interesting as the word we have used, and that's what it is with TakeOver. You never expect much, and then it always kind of delivers in the end, doesn't it? So, Indeed, yes. I'm not like, we're not going to um, look down on any matches. I'm looking forward to the main event. We'll see what happens. Anything is possible at NXT TakeOver. That's what we've learned. But we go to our main event, which is Cassie Sono. This is your 3.11 boy, Cien. And as you see in the early going, again, much like the Roderick Strong Atami match, it's been back and forth. And he, again, I'd say last week, the two guys, another two guys, I think four, like we say, possible world challenges, aren't they? NXT title challenges, aren't they? Yeah, you know, Cien has certainly raised through the ranks, becoming, you know, he was... Somewhat of a unexpected, yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he he wasn't that great in our expectations. Cn, you know, you certainly wasn't as struck on him. But since he made his heel turn, he's kind of putting a more aggressive edge into his game, and he's he's gained a bit of momentum, and he's certainly gaining a few more fans. Yeah, he's definitely a, like a higher level mid card, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, definitely, he could be in contention if we had a good face champion as well, somebody. Could beat him, and like we see now, though now McIntyre faced Cien a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And they managed to beat him as well. Cien's not had a great takeover record, but he's usually like Alec as well, being beaten by the big guys. Alex Black's another one that really should mention as well. Where should we go? I mean, who are you going for in this one, KO or Cien? Um, I think KO is just a fat bastard, so I'm going to go for the three eleven boy Cien. Well, I like my fat bastards hairy with long hair, so I've got to think. Oh no, is he going to get hit in the corner? No. Oh, no. Cien looked to be charging in, but Ono managed to lift a foot and push him away, and he responds with a slap and a big boot. Oh, and a double chop to the chest. <laughs> Another big boot. A headbutt to the midsection. <laughs> Takes a lot to knock down Cien. Oh, but a swinging net breaker would do it. That's lovely. And a nip up now. Uh, this is not good for Cien Cassiusono. Trying to get a crowd behind him as well. Spinning kick there, nearly taking off Cien's head. Oh, oh my! Thought it was it, but kick out. Ah. As he slams Cien down, now he's on the top. Moonsault, moonsault time. Oh, oh! No, he gets nothing but Matt. Cien catches him with a lovely combination neck breaker into like a slam to the mat. Only managing to get a two. Two. Cien can't believe it. Cien is believing. Who's going to suplex who? Oh, my God. Oh, no, showing his strength there. Lifting Cien onto the turnbuckle and uh, hitting him with a big right elbow. Oh, oh no. Cien is fighting back. Both men in a precarious position up here. Oh, exchanging yay on a blows, but Cien manages to get the better of that exchange and knock his own <coughs> and knocks Ono off. Wasn't sure what Cien was doing, but he... Jumped right into a boot. Oh, very <laughs> athletic there from Cien. He 
handspring into a kick to Kath. Oh, that could have knocked him out. Can he capitalise on it? He falls in the corner now. You know, CN likes those big knees. If I'd have done that, I would have knocked him out. But he's picking him up now. I wouldn't have needed to get that close. <laughs> he's going to go for the DDT. Oh, oh no, they're ramming him into the corner. Oh, but CN responds with a big boot to Cassius's face. Is that like a tornado river, a rear tornado DDT? And it couldn't, couldn't keep Ono down. Uh, <laughs> ono with a spinning kick. Cien liked it. Hit with the elbow. And now another one. Two. Three. That's What's it. That, a roaring elbow. Yeah. Ono puts Cien down. Not a bad match though, Dan. What do you think? No, you know, it was a bit of back and forth. Wasn't quite sure which way it was going to go, but Ono there picking up the victory. So up next, we are joined. You said you wanted to see him, Dan. You are going to fucking see him. Uh, it is. We are joined by the glorious NXT champion, Bobby Roode, to end the show this week. Roode did not take his time to walk to the ring because uh, he'd done it in only 40 seconds. So we had no glorious entrance. Wow, man. I'm so impressed that he managed to get to the ring in 40 seconds. I'm surprised due to lack of exercise and wrestling that he's not out of breath and in a sweaty lump in the middle of the ring. Well, what did my and yours and everyone's NXT champion say? Your NXT champion, Rude said that he is a man and can admit that Hideo Itami knocked him clean out with a go-to-sleep a few weeks ago. Mind you, he told the story that he was in the ring minding his own business when Itami walked out and did it unprovoked. Which is 100% true. Bobby Rude, NXT champion, just in the ring and all of a sudden, an awful attack by the man. Rude said that it will never happen again. And this Saturday, he won't be standing in the middle of the ring in his cheap suit. He'll be in his Custom gear. Custom made. He'll be in his gear and prepared to do what he's done to everyone. That's beat them, all two of his opponents. He embarrasses them and he makes an example out of them, Dan. And he brought up a Tommy constantly getting injured as well and being out for a long time to the point where Rude didn't even know where he worked there anymore. And Rude said that Tommy will have to go back to Japan and tell his wife and kids that he failed again. But this time he failed because of one man, two words, Bobby Rude. Tommy doesn't need to come out here right now. Bobby Rude is, is telling Tommy everything he needs to know anyway. Well, Bobby Roode was sending me to sleep with his words, and hopefully Hideo Itami will send Bobby Roode to sleep with his knee. Look, calm down. Please don't hurt me. Well, no, it's, he's just don't. saying, he's just saying, no, he's saying, look, do you really want to get hurt before Saturday? Do you know what I mean? Do you really want to do it before Saturday? Exactly. Regal saying that as well. Don't go in and get hurt by Bobby Roode. You do not want to do that. Run, Roode. Nice to know Itami dressed for the occasion, of course. See, look, Bobby Roode's ready for it, taking his jacket off. He's got a title down, and he's saying, yeah, come on, he's a fighting champion, Dan. One thing we know about Bobby Roode, how many times he defends a title, how many times he does it, every single night, every night he's out there. He's defended it twice. He doesn't do it for me and you. He doesn't do it for, uh, he does it for all of us. All Hulk right? Hogan's in the crowd. Even Hulk Hogan couldn't stop Bobby Roode in his prime, prime Hulk Hogan. And Itami, go past security. Oh, come on now. Takes out Roode, wails on him with some big right hands. Security's there to protect Itami, not Bobby Roode. This is completely unfair. And look at Itami, just assaulting these three guys. He's going to be arrested. Hold on a second. He's just knocked out one of the security guards. Well, indeed. Oh, he's knocking out another one with his patented GTS. 
Well, one security guard get GTS. Second one's going to be alright. Bobby Roode with a worried look in his eyes. He's going to sneak Hideo Itami from behind. Yeah. Like the snake that he no, is. No, Bobby Roode has been the hero that he, he knew is. He wouldn't be able to do it face. Oh. Stopping this evil up on attack. His shoulder. Pow. No. Right in that glorious mug. No, Bobby Roode. He was trying to help everybody out. He had a man assaulting everybody in the crowd. And again, cheap shot from behind. Who did deliver a cheap shot from behind, but Itami was wise to that. And look, there is your and my and everyone's NXT champion flat on his back, snoring like a bitch. Look, one move and he'd lose a last man standing match. Well, the question is, Itami tonight manages to knock out Bobby Roode, but on Saturday, well, tonight, as the podcast is released, can he do it? We'll find out together. We'll release NXT TakeOver a couple of days after the event. But don't forget to join us Saturday at midnight because we are live. It's Saturday at midnight. We are there with you for NXT TakeOver kickoff. The kickoff starts at half 12. And also what we're going to do is see who faces Tyler Bate for the WWE UK title TakeOver. Who could it be? Who could it possibly be? We don't know. If that's not enough, we announce the winner. Our t-shirt competition could be one of your lucky listeners right now. But if you still, if you want a t-shirt, you still have time to enter. The competition question, Dan, one last time. Who was we watching in their debut on NXT? So... If you know the answer to that, you can send us an email, the podcast at gmail.com. Put your answer, and then we will email one lucky winner saying that you were one, and of course we announce you on the TakeOver show itself. But we're everywhere. We're on Twitter. You can find us. We're at W Network Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Of course, we're on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like. We are the WWE Network Review. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Like Google platforms, the Google Plus, the WWE Network View. Send us your answers or send us any questions you've got to the WNR podcast at gmail.com. And YouTube as well, where every episode goes up there now straight away, thanks to Spreaker. And, of course, we've got all the other stuff, the WNR in London 2017. And even the old stuff, our London trips in 2016 and all the other old podcasts as well. And, of course, to listen to us, not only YouTube, but we're on SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Spreaker Radio. We'll be live there on Saturday. But, of course, we'll post a link to media platforms as well. With Stitcher Radio, iTunes. You can rate, review, download, and subscribe right there. But I am James Rollins, and, as always, I've been joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you live for NXT TakeOver kickoff. Bye. Bye.